This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe Sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better host, or if you're looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month absolutely free. And now, enjoy the show. This is the Limitless Keith Lee, and I'm here to ask you to stop what you're doing, take just one moment, and bask in the glory of the Busted Wide Open podcast. Mwah. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open podcast, dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode number 89. I'm Nick Howell. And aging about as well as a Mauro Ronaldo analogy about Drake... <laughs> I am Sir Ian Dangerous, and welcome to the show. Yes, uh, I am. I'm really excited to be here. Today. I'm I'm feeling good, man. Like it's it's weird how the year works, how the ebbs and flows work through the year. We're in a we're in a week this week where it almost feels like the deep breath before the plunge. You know, mm, like that's it's an interesting way to put it. It's I'm looking at September. And if you look just at wrestling in September, okay. it's going to be an absolutely huge, huge month. And October's going to be really big, too. But September, if you think about it, we've got uh, Japan. New Japan alone has four shows, four big shows. That's uh, it. We can stop there. I'm good. Right. Uh, in, <laughs> in addition, there's Battle of Los Angeles. There's Hell in a Cell. There's Death Before Dishonor. And this Saturday, there's All In. You've got the May Young Classic, which is going to start airing. It's insanity. And this week, like I'm looking at everything. Uh, I mean, as far as anything besides just our, our WWE uh, recap and analysis, we basically just I'm talking about Triple Mania, running down what happened on Lucha Underground this week, a couple of news and notes, listener questions. But it is that deep. Oh, here it comes. And there's just going to be so much stuff for the rest of the month. Yeah, you know? it is going to. We had this earlier this year when we were doing. Like uh, right after WrestleMania, we had leading into Backlash, we had the Greatest Royal Rumble in Jeddah, and it felt like three big massive things happened. Uh, well, except for Backlash. Well, two big massive things happened, and then Backlash happened um, right on top of each other within three to four weeks of each other. I think we're going through that again. Is this that 2.0 later in the year? I mean, but it's, I mean, WWE only has one pay per view in September, it's just so much of everything else. Uh, yeah. and, and, and not that WWE is any small shakes. I mean, if you look at their programming this week, it was a lot of build towards three pay-per-views. Usually they just concentrate on one big event that's coming up. We were getting builds towards hell in a cell. We were getting builds towards evolution. We were getting builds towards super showdown. There was a, they're, they're definitely spreading themselves really wide with this to, I mean, for better or for worse. I definitely want to discuss how, 
they're building to the three shows and how I think building towards some of them is hurting their build towards other ones. It's, yeah, that's a good way to put it. It's a strange, strange dynamic that they're working with right now. Uh, and that's just how they build for the shows, not to mention what's going on on their actual programming, which uh, was, was I felt kind of hit or miss this week. They had some really good stuff and then some stuff that left us all scratching our heads. But um, we can't, let's not get too into that right now because we have a whole show to do, Nick. Yes. So before we get into anything else, let's talk about the big news. Well, of all those shows we were just talking about, the one that we have to rattle off first that's starting this weekend, uh, here in two days, I believe. By the way, shout out to everybody, all of our fellow podcasters that were able to make it at StarCast to uh, to be there as exhibitioners and uh, do some interviews and next year. I'm so jealous. Pending they do it again next year. All in two. Yes. <laughs> all in two. Busted Wide Open, open yes. takes over. Uh, yeah, no, I, I'm sad we're not going to be there for it this year. We do have a lot of buddies who are there and, and you know, go guys, have have a great time. Uh, it is a, a whole weekend of stuff that they're doing over there with a convention and a podcasting, the Starcast, like you were saying, and then the actual All In event itself, which is Saturday night. Uh, if you do want to check out All In, they have worked out a, a lot of ways to see it. I mean, it's on WGN America as a pay per view, um, which is, by the way, the only way you'll be able to see the uh, the pre show, which has the the Battle Royale. On it, what they're calling the over-budget battle royale. Hang on, I thought WGN was like a cable channel and up in the 200s for Chicago, uh, that media uh, region. Yeah, I, I, they w, have WGN America thing? has a pay-per-view section. Uh, yeah, I haven't okay. actually. I uh, sadly, I have not researched that enough to find out how to do it, how to watch there because there's so many other options that I'm just gonna go watch. I, uh, like I have Fight TV on my on my Amazon yeah. Fire Stick, uh, so I'm just gonna watch it on that. You could also watch it if you're subscribed to Ring of Honor's Honor Club. I was actually thinking about, I was waiting for this to kind of sign up for for Honor Club because yeah. I'm interested in starting to watch that more regularly. Yeah, their, their TV's not very good, but their big shows are usually pretty good yeah. with Ring of Honor these days. Um, and then if you can't catch it live, but you subscribe to New Japan, it'll be on the New Japan streaming service a few hours after it goes up live. It's going to so be everywhere. It's freaking everywhere. Good job, Cody and the Bucks. I tell you, man. Holy they, smokes. I, 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 you know, you, you cannot understate the impressiveness of what they've pulled off here, not only selling out a 10,000 person arena in, in 27 30, 30 minutes, minutes. <laughs> which is nuts to begin with, but then everything else that they've brought together for this. In addition, we've got to talk about the show itself, which is a damn good show on paper as well. I'm looking at the match list here. You've got uh, nine matches, including the battle Royale, obviously the, the battle Royale's 15 person battle Royale, which will determine the number one contender to the Ring of Honor World Championship, which, by the way, that's also a match in this card. So the, the Battle Royale goes on in the pre-show, and that's going to be the confirmed names right now are Jordan Grace, uh, Brian Cage, Moose, Billy Gunn, Rocky Romero, Jimmy Jacobs, Marco Stunt, Colt Cabana, boom, Ethan, boom. Ethan Page, Punishment Martinez, and Brandon Cutler. Holy shit. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> which is, that's a bunch of... I mean, big names right there, yeah. and that's on the pre-show. The winner of that then goes on to the main show. In the main show, they have to wrestle again against Jay Lethal for the uh, for the Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Championship, and that's that's just you know that's just two matches. You've got uh, Madison, a four way women's match: Madison Rain versus Britt Baker versus Chelsea Green versus Tessa Blanchard. Wow, I'm nice. all over that one. That's a nice match. Yeah, it is. Uh, you've got a tag match, tag team match: the Briscoe Brothers. Versus SoCal Uncensored, 
and then speaking of so- SoCal Uncensored, Christopher Daniels is having a match against Stephen Amell, who you may know from Arrow, but also from his quite superlative work in WWE with Cody. Like he yeah. is actually a pretty decent wrestler. He's not going to blow anyone's mind. But it's. I think Christopher Daniels will get a good match out of him. It's funny to see him come back now after what he did with. I guess, he was Stardust at the time in WWE when Amel. Yeah, showed he was up, facing right? Stardust. He was. Right. It was Amel and Neville against uh, right, Stardust, right, 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 right. and I forget who Cody was it with. Doesn't but matter. it doesn't. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so that that'll be that'll be an interesting match at least. And then the six man tag team match is is one of the. Is that's, this is where we start blowing my mind. Rey Mysterio, Phoenix, and Bandito. Versus Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, and Kota Ibushi, the the young bucks what? with Kota Ibushi. That's gonna. I think that could steal the show. Wow. Uh, Joey Janela uh, versus Hangman Page in a Chicago street fight. If you watch uh, Being the Elite, uh, it's they did a good build for this, okay. which is gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, Kazuchika Okada versus Marty Skrull, which you've never seen in New Japan aside from like a couple tag matches because Marty is a junior heavyweight yeah. and Kazuchika is a heavyweight. So that's going to be a fantastic match. And then, Damn. of course, the big match of the night, NWA heavyweight champion Nick Aldis versus Cody Rhodes versus Cody, the man. So that's a damn good card. I mean, if you're going to, I want to, I want to give them kudos some more for the amount of promotive work that they've been doing. I don't know if they've hired anybody or think that they've hired any kind of publicist or anything like that. It's just them on social media and making the calls and booking the stuff and like all of the, just the stuff we rattled off before you went over the card, all of the places that it's going to be new Japan, honor club, WGN, uh, Everywhere, the amount of work that that takes, yeah. I'm intimately familiar with. It's absurd the fact that, that they don't have a whole team army of people doing this for them. Well, you look at the kind of the, the structure that the Young Bucks set up on their own before Cody showed up. They had a pretty good structure set up with their merchandise and with their social media presence. Right, and then Cody came along and added a lot of his connections that he had through years and years at, at a high level uh, work in the industry. Uh, people he knew and, you know, calling up people and, and, and making those connections. And it, they had, a st- they had pre-established a lot of these connections. They just pulled the trigger on a bunch of them and mm. made the deal happen. Wow. And it's, it's, it's so impressive. So yeah, nothing but superlatives when it comes to talking about everyone who's involved with all in, I can't wait to watch the final product. This could be a watershed moment in American independent wrestling and, Absolutely. and international independent wrestling really too, because they, it is kind of an international card here. You've got yeah, some the crossover appeal of all of the superstars from all the different promotions around the world. Yeah, is, at least big, at least four different promotions uh, represented here. Ring of honor, new Japan impact. Um, you know, that's, uh, and arguably, you know, you even got some, some, you could say CMLL or triple a uh, yeah. are being represented as well. So it's, it's it's very impressive, and yeah. I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm excited to watch it as well. Uh, it's one of those things. I don't know. I think I'm going to sign up for Honor Club this weekend just to be able oh, yeah? to watch it. Yeah, because right. I, I kind of want to watch start watching more regularly those Ring of Honor pay-per-views because I've they've been kind of scratching my itch a little bit lately. Yeah, but. and they do do some good stuff. The way that Impact's been scratching my itch lately, so Impact's been putting out some good stuff. Yeah, they have. Goofy as hell, but you know it's a lot of fun. But that being said, uh, that is our big news story for this week. That's coming up. Uh, check it out. We'll definitely be running it down next week on the show. But in the meantime, we've got to head to the guts of our show today, Nick, and we've got to go over and talk about Monday Night Raw. 
Oh, man, we have got a lot to discuss. Yeah, I'm going to let you take the lead on this one because um, uh, top story on Monday Night Raw has to do with your boy. What the actual F uh, <laughs> during this entire show is kind of... Listen, I want to be clear. I really enjoyed this week's programming overall. Really? From Raw to SmackDown to NXT, everything for me was was kind of hitting on all cylinders. And it's it's one of those things where if you look at it in the individual things, you, there's plenty to be annoyed about. But the macro of the overall <laughs> week is fantastic. The, the way that they're building all of this stuff, it, it's taking turns that I didn't expect. They are, yes, I, I do like the unpredictability of it. Um, and I think they're, they're definitely doing some of these storylines right at this point. I, there's also a lot that we have to discuss in terms of how they're going about things and, and questioning it. Because, sure, yeah. Uh, That's I what mean, we do here. We break it down. We, you know? we break it down. Uh, break it down. Burn, I knew that was coming. So let's just get the elephant out of out of the in the room out of the bag yeah is that does that work the elephant in the room out of the bag out of the briefcase you could say out of the briefcase ooh i like that i like that look at the elephant out of the briefcase Braun Strowman's a heel apparently Braun Strowman, Braun Strowman went heel he's a he's a bad man he's so, a let's take a step back okay. before we get too far down into this because it's very easy on the surface to sit there and say Braun Strowman's now a heel i don't know that i'm all the way there yet okay because <laughs> he's so big and he has the briefcase, which he we now know he has cashed in. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah, let's run down what exactly happened I, I, with him on the show. Okay, fine. Okay, let's 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 let's. I'm, what I'm trying to get out here is that he can do whatever the hell he wants because he's the monster. Uh huh. Just because he goes over and he doesn't want to play nice with Roman Reigns, so he goes on the other team, doesn't automatically make him a big bad heel. All right. Well, while you're doing mental gymnastics, trying to uh, try, trying to make yourself feel better about your boy becoming a bad man, let's go and talk about what exactly happened on the show. Basically, we had a very awkward opening segment where we were put together into a main event where it was Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman tag teaming against Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre. I was kind of surprised that Ziggler and McIntyre were going from the Seth Rollins feud into a feud with Roman. Um it's all has to do with the shield reforming Braun saying, look, I'm not going to cash in on you on, on raw because your two little buddies will just come out. Exactly. Roman, you know, Roman and he had called each other out on social media. And so Roman came out, called out Stroman. Stroman came out, said, I'm not going to cash in because your shield boys are going to take me out. Anyway, at the end of the day, uh, Corbin puts them into a tag match in the main event. Uh, and then Stroman inexplicably, at the same time says, you know what, Roman, I'm going to, I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to cash in and make a date instead of cashing in the middle of a match. I'm going to cash in on a date in the future and say, I want you in a match where your boys can interfere. And I want to be in a cell with you because you know, no one's ever interfered in right. a cell match. Before. No one's ever gotten inside of a cell. Um, yeah. And we'll talk about <laughs> Stroman's decision-making, uh, how they, how they've written his decision-making later. Maybe they should do it in a Punjabi prison instead of, uh, that way, nobody could get in. Right? Nick, shut your whore mouth. Don't even give them that idea. Oh, that's right. I forgot Shh. they listen. No. Oh, all right. Don't ever say Punjabi prison again. We're all trying to move past that. Uh, oh, that being said, the great Khalid does need a job. Maybe, you know, I don't know. Uh, he's got kids like Heath Slater. Uh, but no, at the end of the night, tag match, hot tag, Braun Strowman. Uh, Roman's getting beaten up. Goes for the hot tag on Braun Strowman. Strowman tags him, doesn't get in. And then Drew and Ziggler uh, to, to continue to beat the crap out of Roman until they get disqualified, at which point Strowman comes in 
and seemingly joins up with them to continue the beatdown on Roman Reigns and just annihilates him. Shield guys come down. Uh, Dean and Seth come out. They, got, they get annihilated. Drew McIntyre, Dolph Ziggler, and Braun Strowman with them stand tall to end the show. Seemingly looking like Braun Strowman, despite what Nick thinks, despite the, the lingering hope that his boy is not be, being another piece in, the, in Vince McMahon's puzzle to try to get people to cheer Roman Reigns, that he has not turned heel. You're, try, you're trying I to think, think that. I think what's happened here is we've had an overlap. I think there's two things going on in parallel here. There's the shield versus whatever threesome third person that McIntyre and Ziggler want to put together. Right. And then there's Braun and Roman Reigns. And the two happen to just align this week. I don't think there's some three-man faction joining up with Strowman, Ziggler, and McIntyre. I don't, I, it's not happening. No? no? I mean, it may short-term gentlemen's, be Gentlemen's a, bet? Or should we put something real I, on no, this? No, I don't think it's going to be some long-term new faction that we're going to see like the Shield to counter the Shield. No. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, it, I, it's this, not the, going to be... The universe just kind of overlapped with these two different storylines. No, it's not going to be Ziggy Mac and the Monster. No, no. it's not going to be that. It's not going to be like an ongoing faction. Uh, you know, it, but I think it will be a uh, alliance of convenience, sure. if you will. And I think that Strowman... Here's the thing. On one hand, and we were talking about this last week, is, okay, the Shield's reformed they are now going to be more dominant as a faction than anything else that's currently out there in the WWE landscape. Who's going to step up and face them? And we had, we had all kinds of things like, well, what if Strowman reformed the Wyatt family with, with now that Harper's not doing anything, you know, Bray's not doing anything. We had all kinds of ways of that happening. This is just one of those ways. That's a really strong faction. Yeah, it is. Just, just McIntyre and Strowman alone, who, by the way, are almost equal in height, which is saying something for McIntyre because Strowman's been built as this huge, unstoppable monster. That shows you how big Drew is, is that he's almost Strowman's size. Foreshadowing. Um, but <laughs> you hope. <laughs> but, um, but you know, the two of them and then, you know, little wily Dolph Ziggler is the brains. That's a hell of a strong faction. And you put them against the Shield and they look legit. They look more legit than anybody that the Shield's been put against. Remember last year, it was the Miz and the Miztourage and then it was the Bar, but none of them really... Yeah, came across as being that much of a threat to the shield. I don't know, man. Strowman, Ziggler, and McIntyre, that's a threat, a big-time threat. So I think that's, from a, from a booking standpoint, that is a smart faction to put against the shield. Conversely, conversely, they had to turn one of their most over baby faces, someone who got over organically, someone who is a once-in-a-generation in a talent in terms of physical attributes and skills on the mic, et cetera. They had to take him and in the favor of a guy they haven't been able to successfully get over in four years, they had to turn this organic over babyface heel to, to make this all work, which is I, you know, you can look at it and say it's madness. Like why, why wouldn't you pull the trigger on Strowman when he's this over organically? You know, I think we just haven't gotten there yet. I think Roman has to have his time with the belt mm -hmm. and it's going to happen at some point. And that's why I'm not completely all in on this notion that Strowman did. Did they do it for the short term for to get to hell in a cell to have the two of them face off in a cell? Yeah, do what you need to do. But I, I he's he's going to be another one that like he's, he's just not going to get booed. Yeah, it, it's one of those. Well, and you can see that at the end of the show where people just didn't know quite what to do. Like they wanted to cheer Strowman because he was beating up Roman Reigns, but at the same time, he was also acting in a really dickish way. Sure. 
So people were like, uh, uh, I don't, uh, me head explode. I don't know. Um, you know, so I, I definitely, I agree. Like there, this isn't the end of the world with them turning Strowman. He could, he could absolutely walk that line where he's just out for himself. That's kind of where he was before they turned him total baby face earlier this year, you know, where he was, he was just kind of a guy who just did whatever the hell he wanted. And he still got cheered, even though he would do heelish things. So they could conceivably keep him on that kind of tweener line. Yep. Uh, and then just, you know, have him organically go back to being faced later. Yeah, this isn't the end of the world. It's just fascinating that they're totally willing to do that just because Roman's the man now. Now, I will say that the Strowman Reigns feud from last year with the ambulance match and all of that stuff was probably some of my favorite stuff of last year. I really enjoyed those matches and the builds for those and everything. Yeah, that's just kind of the one, two, three punch of all those matches lining up that way. So we did get a nice little callback. To the, I'm not finished with you. I told you I'm not finished with you. Yeah. yeah. I, I love I, that. It was one of the best, feud, like in main roster, that was one of the best feuds of the year. That and like Uso's New Day yeah. was like two of the best feuds of last year. Absolutely. So I, I am excited to see more Strowman and Roman and them in a cage. That's going to be, that's going to be, a, because actually some of my favorite Roman matches have been him in a cage. Because he does throw himself around and bumps like a champ. Well, that time he beat Brock Lesnar by knocking him through the fence. Oh, wait, no, he didn't. Man, right. why you got to do that? Why why you got to hurt me? Um, real quick, before we get out of this this section, I do want to talk about how the writing did make Strowman look like a complete idiot. Okay. You know what I mean? Where he, why would he, why would he cash? If he's going to take advantage of Roman in the main event, why would he cash in his briefcase at Hell in a Cell, right? He's got Ziggler and McIntyre watching his back. Why not cash in there? He had him beat down. He just cashed in his briefcase earlier in the show. It makes him look like a, a, a dummy. This may this is yet another reason why I think it's not a full on heel heel turn because the, he would have done that kind of stuff and leveraged Ziggler and McIntyre well, to do that. I have a little information that you might not have, okay, and that is that they're already promoting a a three on three match in Australia, right. uh, in halfway through October, most of the way through October, uh, Ziggler, McIntyre, and Strowman versus the Shield. So I think your idea about it being a one off. Let's see yeah. what happens after that. Okay, you know. <laughs> Look at look at all the things that happened in Jeddah that we really don't give a shit about anymore. Well, yeah, but you I'm know? just I'm just saying that this, this is going to go at least a, a month or two. Fine, the way they're promoting it. So unfortunate. Uh, hey, did you know Kevin Owens quit? I yes, that was this was my favorite segment of the show. Was this whole match? By the way, this match was fantastic, in, insane. Uh, if you only watched the Hulu version, you saw less than half of this match, and this was a 20 minute barn burner. This was a pay per view quality match. Um, if you watch the full thing, it is insane. Like it, it, <laughs> people actually are speculating that Kevin Owens actually legit quit. If this is his last match in WWE, he went out on top. He went out with a hell of a match. Yeah. But of course, I, I, we're pretty sure it's kayfabe. After the match, he loses to Seth Rollins, uh, gets all weepy in the middle of the ring, sits down in a chair and just says, I quit and leaves. So I'm very curious with what they're doing with this. This is this was very unexpected. We were wondering what they're going to do with the Kevin Owens character. He's been on a real bad downward spiral. Um, I liked the way he came out for this match saying, you know, I thought things were bad on SmackDown. I thought it was going to be better on Raw. It's just as bad on Raw. I'm not leaving until I get a championship. And then he just quits. I, that was great. It was a callback to the old prize fighter Kevin Owens that first came up in the main roster. Can I just know? say I love Kevin Owens in Canada? 
Especially when he's from Montreal and he and he goes to Toronto and he just tears down Toronto because IRL those cities kind of hate each other. They don't have like Toronto's this progressive and forward thinking New York City style of city. Montreal's this very old world French Canadian kind of still living in the old world in a way. <laughs> it's he comes out and starts tearing down Toronto in French. I just want Kevin Owens to yell at. At Canadians in French some more. Oh, it's and, so good. And uh, what, what he basically what he said, he came out and everyone was cheering him because he's Canadian. And he says, oh, yeah, I love it here. But wait, not here. I actually love it in Montreal, not Toronto, because screw Toronto. They start booing him. And in French, he essentially says, oh, yeah, you're booing me now. But you already bought my shirt, didn't you? <laughs> uh, which is. Mwah. Um, so yeah, no, I love Kevin Owens in, in Canada as well. And I love that they, the audience was chanting for Sami Zayn. They were chanting the, uh, the soccer chant for Sami Zayn during the match as well. Like it, it's one, I love Canada in general. When they go to Canada, it's always a good time. Yeah. Um, but the question now is what's the end game? Where, where are we going with Kevin Owens, with him quitting? They've put him on the alumni page. His, his merch is back up as Kevin Steen on pro wrestling tees. Like they're, they're going all out with this. Oh, wow. Yeah. I heard some rumors going around that he might show up at All In. Like he's somehow has gotten, but he's booked himself already outside of WWE. Is this all bullshit too? I mean, who knows? It's the modern day of kayfabe. You know, it's they, they have to try all these different ways to put one over on people because, uh, you know, kayfabe has now become meta in some ways. Yeah. So. Well, if we look at where where is Sami Zayn right now? How is injured. his? He's I know got, he's injured. He's got but two I mean, bum shoulders. Right, but what are we looking at on his return? Is he oh, another six months? Year. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Minimum like end of the year next year. He's out for a while. Maybe he wants to go hang out with Sammy and just like rehab him or something <laughs> with his best you friend. You guys are my best friends. Uh, yeah, well, I tell you what, if he should, there's a couple people who show if they show up as a surprise at All In, I will lose my actual shit. Uh, CM Punk is 99% not going to be there. Don't get your hopes up. He said he's done with wrestling. You know, they put out a ton of stuff. Obviously, kayfabe's kayfabe. Right. You know, but I'm pretty sure he's not going to show up, especially because Colt Cabana is also there and, you know, they don't they don't get along anymore. Um, I do think that there is a strong possibility that Neville might show up at All In. Oh. He officially was released from his WWE contract and he's on the alumni page officially now after, you know, a year of, of limbo. So he could show up at all in. I don't think Kevin is. I think this is this is a work. But I'm just curious what happens. And Corbin at one point later in the show, Stephanie was calling him and saying, you know, what's what's going on? And Corbin says, I'll handle, I'll handle it. Right. So it's it's obviously a storyline of some of some kind. Okay. But just what storyline they're telling with him, I don't know. I have no idea where they're going with this, which is exciting, and I like that. I love it when they do that when they do a storyline that I have no idea surprise me i'm just here with popcorn and enjoying the ride especially with the guy as talented as kevin owens who can you know talk a certain you can make a dictionary sound interesting when he talks about it so hey uh next up we had trish stratus make an appearance on monday night raw i'm assuming in in promotion of evolution well and they were canada in in toronto in her hometown of toronto sure um, interrupted Elias, yep. who was right in the middle of tearing down Toronto. Naturally. Uh, as he does. Out comes Trish Stratus. I, I didn't see this one coming. No. Uh, apparently, she is now going to have a match at uh, Evolution yes. with Alexa Bliss. Yep, they announced that a week or two ago. Yep. And now then they, they do all this stuff, and then we end up with the Bellas backstage, who were already doing something else. I am so confused with what's going on in the women's division in Raw right now. Cool. Let me break it down for you. Because so, Ronda has the belt, mind blown already. Yeah. 
uh, Alexa is still tearing everybody down and is frankly still the best woman on, on Monday Night Raw, in my opinion. Mm, okay. Um, and the just, er, I didn't say in the ring, on Monday Night oh. Raw. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Uh, I just, I have no idea what's going on with the women on Monday Night Raw right now. So please enlighten me. I, I, I will do my Make best. Make sense of it for I, me. I'll try. So yeah, so after Trish comes out, a uh, little bit of interaction with Elias, which, you know, I, I didn't think they had that much chemistry, but it was fine. Um, Elias leaves. We end up having a match between uh, Alicia Fox and Natalia's first match since her her father passed away right. in Canada, which I thought was a nice a nice touch. And of course, she beats Alicia Fox. Meanwhile, ringside for uh, Natalia, you had Trish Stratus and uh, Ronda Rousey. While on the other side, on Foxy's side, you had Alexa Bliss and Mickey James, which was I, I, I like the little callback to the the really wonderful feuds that uh, Trish Stratus and Mickey James had. Mm-hmm. So you have a lot of dynamics getting set up there, where you've got you know we've got an upcoming again again the, like we said at the top of the show they're building towards a bunch of things right now. We've got a match at Hell in a Cell rematch between Alexa Bliss and Ronda Rousey, so we need to build towards that. We have a match that's been confirmed at uh, Evolution between Trish Stratus and uh, Alexa Bliss. We need to build towards that. In addition, there's also the rumor is the strong rumor is that there will be a the the women's title match at Evolution will be Ronda Rousey versus Nikki Bella. So I I agree, but we're setting up for that. Hence why we had the segment afterwards where the three victorious women, uh, Natalia, Ronda and uh, Trish were all backstage and they run into the Bellas and everyone takes a little selfie and loves each other. And it's announced the Bellas will have a match next week. So. To me, this just this felt like a way to serve a bunch of masters while having kind of a nothing match in the middle. That's what that that's what I'm pretty sure it was. The the line of the night for me was Alexa Bliss calling out Trish saying, "Well, it's I've replaced you," and she was like, "No, seriously, fight me." Well, yeah, <laughs> I'm you're the old me. The, you know, yeah. I'm I'm the new Trish Stratus kind of thing. Yeah, and which is you know the kind of the perception sure. that she, you know, visually sure. maybe, but. I just I don't understand what is all of I understand they're doing building towards multiple things but actually nothing is getting accomplished. And that's what that's what bothers me. We're not having matches, we're not having we're not building feuds any more than just having these standoffs. We're not having any of this stuff happen other than, you know, oh, I'm better than you and it's it's like break it whatever the break it up uh what's the damn dance movie? I don't know. Point being, I just I want to see. I am so confused right now. The minute they put that title on Ronda Rousey, like everything kind of went out the window. I had I had no idea what was going on anymore yeah. because all the rules that we've grown up with in wrestling over the last few decades have kind of gone out the window. Well, but the new rules I think make sense, and the, the new rules are you need to get mainstream attention, and if you have Ronda Rousey defending the belt at Hell in a Cell, you can get mainstream attention with that. If you have Ronda Rousey with the belt facing off against one of your most popular women wrestlers of the last 10 years in Nikki Bella, that's a big event at Evolution. So to me, that does make sense. Also, Trish Stratus and Alexa Bliss, as you said, one of the most successful modern women versus one of the most successful women wrestlers of all time. That's also a big match in a general sense. Maybe, you know, maybe not to, to us kind of grinding through every every week, but uh 
overall in the in the general perception that's going to bring a lot of more casual eyes to this. I don't disagree that that's a big deal. Seven time women's champion. You know she's yeah. she's fantastic. She's arguably my favorite female wrestler of all time. Okay, but at the same time, it's it's too early. Like it's it's not even September yet, and we're talking about evolution in October. How are they going to spend the next? 60 days talking about this match. Well, because we've got between, multiple matches to talk about. We, they have I mean, so I'm many talking about things. between Bliss and Stratus. Like, why set those two on a path yet if we've still got to get to Rousey and, and Alexa's rematch? That's where I'm saying none of this mm. makes sense. Because the you're more time you have to promote it. I understand that. But you're telling me she's got two different storylines going at the same time with yeah. two different women. That's where I start to... Like, it, it's just... I want to get past one before we move on to the other one. Maybe okay. in a more linear fashion. Okay. So, so basically, you want to eat your steak before you eat your potatoes. You don't eat them both at the same time. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. The bottom line is, is that they are going to try and have both their steak and potatoes on the same bite, and hopefully it works out. Uh, so far, this week, like you said, is a little muddled, but there's a lot of nice moments in there, uh, and I'm curious to see how the inclusion of the Bellas works. I think they're going to be trying to juggle a lot of things at once, uh, and it may work, it may not work, but the bottom line is they're trying to get this all done uh, throughout as as all of these weeks go to, to have enough time to promote these big shows and having to promote three shows at one time you're going to have some things get muddled like this and it's a matter of it's up to them to keep the storylines clear while they're doing it you can do it at the same time you just have to keep it clear and this week i thought was i felt it was fairly clear this week where you you had the different dynamics going on um but i thought that it, it will be really easy for them to to make it muddled so they have to be careful sure uh, you mentioned Baron Corbin a little bit ago. Uh, I have to say again, I'm continuing to thoroughly enjoy uh, Constable, now acting general manager Baron yeah. Corbin, uh, in this role. I did He's not so much expect fun. to enjoy this as much as I have been. It's You know what really is working is how engaged he is in it. Because in his, his old lone wolf gimmick, he was very... The whole thing was his nonchalance, his lack of caring, and he'd come out and just, I don't care, I don't really want to, I don't want to be here, I don't like the crowd, I just, he looked like he was bored, or he looked like he was just unhappy to be there all the time. Right. With this, it's like a light has switched on, with the Constable character, it's like a light switch on, and he's having fun. And that translates, it makes us have fun with him being such an insufferable dick. It's so much fun. And uh, this was a great example of it this week where after he set up the tag match between uh, Roman Strowman and Dolphin Drew for the main event, he put himself in a match against Finn Balor again, which at first I was like, oh, God, really? Didn't we? How do you go on in this feud after the demon squash? After the demon squashes you, how do we go? Oh, because we're going to establish that Corbin, now that he is the authority figure, will use his power to screw over everyone who before he didn't have the power to screw over. Yep. So this could be the, what happened in this match was Corbin and Finn had, had the match Finn wins because Corbin try, tried to bring in a chair. Finn took advantage of it. Beats Corbin. Corbin then restarts. The, no, sorry. He hit him with the chair and got DQ'd. Then got out of the ring and said, no, 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 I didn't lose. I'm restarting it. It's a no DQ I match. I forgot to stipulate before we started the match yeah. that this is a no I'm DQ sorry, match. I was so, it was, Let's start again. Everything was going on. I forgot to mention. <laughs> restarts the match. Beats the crap out of him with the chair. Pins him one, two, three. Showing that he's willing to use his authority to get his way no matter what. 
if this doesn't have anything more happen between him and Finn, I think it makes a good point and it doesn't make Finn look bad and it actually really helps Baron Corbin's character. Yes. It, we've seen that Finn can destroy Baron if he wants to. Like it's, we don't have to worry about that. What, we're, what they're trying to show us here is, hey, you're in for some fun with Corbin. He's going to be a dick. I thought, I thought this was a fantastic way of showing that and not telling us. They just showed us with a match. Yeah, but as B-Bosh just said in chat, poor Finn Balor. You know, yes, yes, he did just get an amazing squash on this guy in the demon, arguably the best painted demon I've seen uh, that was a really at good SummerSlam, one. and now he's back to doing this again. But this, uh, but you know what? Here's the thing. I think the fact that it was Finn was part of the point they were trying to make. You know what I mean? Someone at, uh, who has just had such a huge moment as Finn. You know, he did really get a huge pop at SummerSlam, and like I think that really helped him a lot. Where he was kind of. Eh, I'm not going to say floundering, but he wasn't he wasn't really having those big moments that he really kind of needs to. Uh, I thought this was I, I wasn't mad at him being used for this because it made sense given their history. I thought from a storytelling standpoint, it sure. worked. Sure. It worked. And hopefully Finn comes back and has a nice feud with someone else. Yeah. Not not Corbin anymore. Probably not likely. Hopefully. Because yeah. who's left at this point? Well, that's well, we can talk about that. Dean Ambrose and Jinder Mahal had a little match. Uh, Jinder tried to get Dean to Shanti backstage and calm him down. Dean, uh, first words he's uttered since he came back as murder, death, kill Ambrose, uh, basically said, oh, yeah, yeah, I can envision all these. I can, I'm having a nice vision right now of me punching your teeth down your throat and breaking your ribs with my foot. They go have a match, and Dean pretty much did just that. I like one thing I like about Dean is we've been talking about Becky and her comparisons to Stone Cold. Uh huh. Dean, I think, has really turned a corner to physically being a lot more Stone Coldish with his walk. He's doing a lot more of that kind of you know you know how Stone Cold used to walk to the ring, just that that angry walk, shit talking the crowd the entire time, you know, running his mouth. Dean's now doing that, and is he's a lot more aggressive in the ring, and. He's made dirty deeds almost stunnerish by adding a little gut kick before it. Huh. Remember, that was the tell for the stunner was the gut kick. He'd kick you in the gut, bend you over, and then grab your head and stunner you. Dean's now doing the same thing where he kicks you in the gut, grabs you in the DDT hold, and then boom. So I think he's taken some cues from the rattlesnake, and I think it's smart cues to take, especially for his character. Yeah, but there's a whole handful of people that, that kick their moves off like that. You know? Yes, but Triple it's, H did it with the pedigree. Uh, you know, there's a whole hand, but yeah, but that there's, but then the pedigree, you have to set up the arms and everything, Fine. the yep. snappiness that he's doing the dirty deeds with. Now I'm saying he could, if he's trying to put like to get these little, like a little bit of spice from stone cold into his character. I think it's good for his character. Me too. I think it's appropriate. I think it's smart for him and could really get him even more over than over than he already is. Um, and I think he's doing it well. So I, I'm liking what I'm seeing from Dean since he came back. Here's what I want to say about this. On top of what I was saying earlier about how we had those overlapping storylines with Shield facing off against McIntyre, Ziggler, and now Strowman, mm -hmm. and then you have a Roman and Strowman program going on. Now you're also injecting Jinder Mahal into this with a Dean Ambrose thing, and it's that it's starting to feel kind of all over the place, and I don't know who's doing what, because while you're doing S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff, you're also doing stuff for each of them individually that has nothing to do with the team that you're doing S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff with. Right. <sighs> but that's the thing. is I don't know when Seth gets back involved with Ziggler and, and, and McIntyre. I don't, I don't know, know if, I don't know if he, he does. does. Yeah. We had an open challenge, and Kevin Owens came out this week with the, for the Intercontinental title. 
who's going to be answering I the Intercontinental Drew's Challenge. I expected Drew's bagpipes to set off and come out and do that. That would have been cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, and obviously I think the thing with gender, I don't think that's going to be a lasting feud with Dean. He beat him clean as a whistle this week. I think this is just them keeping them doing something. Um, I have a feeling that we'll end up with Seth and Dean versus Ziggler and McIntyre at Hell in a Cell while Roman and Strowman are in the, are having a cell match. Yeah. So I think this was just, they, you know, they had, they had Ziggler and McIntyre doing something else this week. We had to have Seth and D, do, Dean do something. Cool. Got out of the way. Next week, she'll be all back together. Well, let's talk about the rest of the stuff that went down. A lot of this didn't make the Hulu edition. Uh, I know because I watched the Hulu edition, and I don't know anything about some of this stuff. Uh, All right. Bobby Lashley destroyed the Ascension uh, after Corbin tricked him. So this was a nice little moment. You know, Corbin basically said, oh, yeah, Lashley, you got a match tonight. I've kind of forgot who you're going to be facing. Lashley ends up slapping Corbin and being really sarcastic. I liked Lashley this week, and he came out. and It was the Ascension. It was two. So it was a two on one match. Which was a nice, you know, Corbin being a dick again. Yeah. And uh, Lashley sadly destroyed the Ascension. Destroyed them. Uh, <laughs> but that but looked really good. I liked I liked what I saw from Lashley this week. I would love it if he ended up in a feud with Corbin. Ooh. Uh, you know what I mean? Because there was some tension between them this week, and there was some a little bit of physicality. So if that goes somewhere, that'd be nice. Although uh, in London, I did see that he and Elias were still doing their thing where... Lashley comes out and sings the Elias. Elias was doing like Robbie Williams in the middle of the ring. <laughs> okay. Got the whole crowd to sing along to Robbie Williams angel. And Lashley was trying to sing too. And then Elias attacked him anyway. Oh boy. Bottom line. I hope Elias Lashley is done. And we get Elias. Uh, sorry. Lashley and Corbin. That'd be really fun. Um, also something else that was really good this week was the tag division. I think they're starting what? to turn it. They're starting to turn it in the right direction. We, uh, we had the revival come out in a non-title match. And destroy the B team. Now remember, I don't. I think B team was undefeated until this, but they wrecked them, and then got up on the stage and gave this nasty promo about how jokers like the B team were ruining the tag division, and they were here to to restore proper tag wrestling. Good. Oh. That's exactly what we want. Oh. Yeah, it was great stuff. It's exactly what we wanted to hear from the revival. What we what we should be seeing out of the tag division gave me a lot of hope that they're going to turn that in the right direction. Uh, so we'll see where that goes. If the revival destroy the B team and take the titles. And then we start getting some proper tag team wrestling going underneath the revival as the leaders of that tune in next week as one of them get injured again. Stop it. And we have to, Go back. Never mind. Sorry, I'm not going to put that juju on them. Come on, revival. Well, they're called the revival because they keep reviving their careers over and over again after after getting injured. No, no, no. no. Uh, We also had Sasha Banks versus Dana Brooke for some reason. Oh, Dana Brooke getting a match. Dana Brooke getting a match. Yeah, no, it was Sasha too. It was it was her comeback to the ring after I believe nine months. Well, the reason it was that was part of the the plot was that. Uh, she got booked in this match and Apollo Crews is mad at Titus because he's like, why would you book her in a match against one of the nastiest women in the division? And of course, Dana Brooke got annihilated and Sasha tapped her out, uh, which just shows more rifts in Titus worldwide. I suspect that Apollo and Dana will go off on their own at some point in the next few weeks. That's kind of where they're building for this. Nice to see Sasha look dominant again and get some you know respect and storyline. So that was nice. At the, at the, the expense of Dana Brooke. Yeah, who I'm, I'm but quite I, the fan of. So yeah, me too. But I, but she's better as a manager at this point. Um, she she's fine in ring, you know, but she's not gonna, 
win wrestler of the year or anything. No. So having her be able to get in a ring is fine, but have her be kind of like Zelina Vega over on SmackDown where she can get in the ring, but yeah. primarily is a manager for Apollo Crews who needs to get his his path back. And I think he would do well as a good mid-card heel. Well, the last thing we need to talk about is the never-ending Legends promotion of the showdown, uh, Super super Slam, whatever the hell they're calling it in Melbourne, Australia. Super Showdown. Super Showdown. Uh, we had constant inserts of Legends promoting that it all ends here. The Taker Undertaker match. The one match. big time, the last ride. So, and, and basically giving their picks about who they think is going to win. I actually like that is that they're building the match basically around who's going to win this, uh, Taker or, un, or, or Triple H, because that was the first thing I thought was, does Triple H finally go over the Undertaker here? Does he go? Yes. Does he does he come out and go, hey, Mark, um, so you're retiring and I'm still going to be around. So you've I'm retired about, like three how times How about you now? give me a little shine for <laughs> yeah. once? And, you know, I could, I could see him trying to pass that logic over to the Undertaker. Uh, so it, it, is, it, it is a big point that I'm curious about is does – does Triple H eat a pin one more time for the Undertaker? I don't think so. And let, and, and let go ahead and let him uh, ride off into the sunset. I, I think they could really amp this up by making it a casket match and making oh, no. it once and for all. Triple H puts Undertaker in the casket and he's done. Done. And you know the only person bearing anybody is Triple is, H. This is like the fourth time, you know, Cry Wolf, all that stuff. This is the fourth time you've had Undertaker come back one last time retirement things. Uh, just I'm, I'm over it this is a bit Honestly. of a different one because they are promoting it as a nostalgia match and again this is what they were kind of going for this week was all these different big events they're they're promoting coming up they've got to serve all these masters and this is one of the biggest matches on that australia show is taker triple h you know the so it makes sense but it was a little bit grating after a while to just have all these guys talking about this match that really at the end of the day is a glorified nostalgia match that we know is not going to be a whole lot of fun to watch no <laughs> unless triple, triple h goes and gets the sledgehammer you know uh, I mean, which he might you know? but you know it's not like undertaker is going to be moving that fast and it's not like triple h ever moves that fast so it's going to be a bit of a slog this yeah. match I, I just have a feeling lots of Lots of storytelling, I'll put yes. it that way. Yes, indeed. Well, guys, there's Monday Night Raw, but we're not done. We've got more rain ro- main roster action for you over on SmackDown Live. Oh, Becky, Becky, Becky. Becky Lynch. Yes. Becky Lynch. So we had a really interesting week when it came to Becky Lynch's character because WWE tried to turn her heel at SummerSlam when she attacked Charlotte after Charlotte uh, stole that three-way match for her mm-hmm. from her. Uh, and last week on SmackDown, Becky came out and gave a big long promo, uh, heel one hundred and one. You know, and the main thrust of it was, "You, the audience, never had my back. Screw all of you. I hate you." Yay, well, Becky! Yeah, and they kept cheering her, yeah. <laughs> even though she was tearing them down. Right. Uh, I loved all the memes I saw afterwards, of, uh, you know, her basically being like, screw you guys, I hate you. And they're like, we love you, Becky. What do I have to do to get booed? Uh, and then the while we were recording last week's show, almost while we were recording and then shortly after, like for the rest of the weekend, uh, Road Dog, who books SmackDown, one of the bookers for SmackDown, one of the, one of the writers, came out and tried to defend their booking of Becky as a heel and saying, well, we told the story. You guys just got it wrong. 
was basically the thrust of his of what he was going for, saying, oh, yeah, we built a great storyline. You should be booing her because she's a heel now. And kind of glossing over the fact that the story they told was the reason that the audience is still cheering her. Because, you know, based on the story they told, Becky is completely in the right to be frustrated and pissed off and want to kick Charlotte's ass. Yes. And based on the character that they've built for her. So it was... It was almost, I have, I'm having a hard time still wrapping my mind around the fact that road dog was coming out. And, and by the way, go to his Twitter. And I think he left most of it. I don't think he erased it. He left most of it. This discussion up, um, defending how they had written Becky's character up to this point and saying, no, she's a, she's a freaking heel guys. Booer. It's hard for me to wrap my mind around the fact that he couldn't see that it wasn't just like a section of the crowd misinterpreted their story it was everyone was 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 on the same page they were cheering becky she's getting huge pops she got another huge pop this week we had a uh, another match it was the rematch between carmella and charlotte yep. for the title i was waiting for the r-truth run in myself uh r-truth did show up on the show uh-huh. with ty dillinger that's a nice little i like what they're doing with them it's fun i'm curious to see what happens there but uh but yeah, at the end of the match, Charlotte wins clean, taps out Carmella in the figure eight, and then immediately Becky rushes the ring, beats the absolute crap out of Charlotte to an ovation from the crowd, uh, and afterwards saying, I'm coming for your title, bitch. And now she's swearing. Hmm. Uh, which she's the crowd, mean. She's using bad words. Which the Boomer. crowd ended up as well. So the damage control since last SmackDown and the whole debacle with Road Dog on Twitter has been that they uh, now, if you go on YouTube, the official WWE YouTube, they've taken out the part in her speech last week where she disses the crowd. Um, they have, even in social media, they've started to let her, let both of them have a point and have her not be so directly heelish. And it seems like they're pivoting more towards Becky as anti-hero who has a point, Charlotte as face who has a point. Uh, two women who are not necessarily a face, not necessarily a heel, they're just ex-friends who both have a reason to be mad at each other, which I think is a good pivot. And if they continue to do it, it could be a really interesting story. This has been an interesting story since they've run it. I've, I've gone on record as saying it's one of my favorite storylines in WWE right now sure, because there's, there's so many layers to it, so many levels to it, and there's so much detail in, all, in each of the characters. Well, I made some comments uh, throughout the week leading up to the show uh, today that I, I just kind of want to justify. And you know, now that I've seen everything that has happened over the last two weeks, it's really... If they do this right, this could go down as one of the best double turns that we've seen in a really, really long time, maybe ever. If he will allow the ship to steer itself into uh, this thing where Charlotte just really flips out. Maybe Becky gets the title off of her and it just embroils Charlotte to the point where she's beating the hell out of her with a chair and she it will easily get the booze that they that the back, they want. backstage is wanting for Becky. Yeah. And Becky will continue to get this baby face support and elation from the crowd and we will have wow. See, but uh, if once that happens, if it happens, and I think it will, we're off and running because that's going to go. The counterpoint, I would actually say that you could still run this as both of them, you know, crossing like both of them straddling that line. Sure. And keep it where you know they, they both have a point and not really have either of them go full face or full heel, have an anti-hero versus an angry face or however you want to play it, have the crowd be cheering for both of them. 
and still have it be a good feud. I don't even think you have to turn Charlotte heel. You know what I mean? Not full heel. I think that it might help, and I think that Charlotte is uh, getting those kind of, uh, dare I say, Roman Reigns-ish boos right now because people are starting to perceive her as being the the company woman. Yep. Um, which is, they're, they're, they've they got to be careful with that. It's that's a dangerous game to be playing. It's almost the opposite of what they're trying to do with Becky is almost the opposite of what they were doing with Roman. Like they're constantly Roman comes out to just massive booze when they're trying to get him cheered. Becky's coming out to massive cheers when they're trying to get her booed. Well, and this is the thing. It's the same problem. They have a hard time creating an anti-establishment underdog. That's something that has to happen organically or it doesn't happen. And they uh, they seem to also have a hard time once it starts happening, knowing what to do with it. Uh, knowing how to let it organically grow. Uh, so it, it's, it is hard to uh, watch them struggle with it sometimes. And you just want them to step back and be like, cool, we're just going to see what happens with this. Yeah. Uh, and then this is one situation where I think that's definitely the, the, uh, the case. Uh, speaking of anti-establishment underdogs, Daniel Bryan had a match with Andrade Cien Almas. Mind blowing this week. I, I I never would have seen this coming from a mile away, dude. It tells you what they because I've had people online tell me that they're not pushing Andrade the way, yet, and I'm like, are you kidding me? He's then on you're not TV. Yeah, you're not watching SmackDown. This is a push. When you're wrestling the biggest guys in the company with AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan and Rusev, and you're getting on TV almost every week, you're getting a damn push. Andrade is getting pushed. He's getting tons of TV time, and he looks amazing in all of his matches he went in there with daniel bryan and here's the thing i liked what they did a lot of people were pissed because they're why would you give this away on tv i was one they, of those they didn't they gave us a taste of what these guys can do and then had the miz and maurice interrupt at the end to to you know disqualify the match so they didn't really give us daniel bryan versus andrade they gave us a nice little taste they're like hey this could be cool huh and i feel like it was their way of saying would this work? Huh. How more testing of Andrade to see if he works on a, on a major stage, and of course he does. Yeah, this was this was a ton of fun. Hang on, and I got, also I got to and in also here for a second. and also is a great way to get more heat on Miz because he interrupted what could have been a classic. What my fear is is that we took something that is a classic kind of setup dream match between Almas and Daniel Bryan and turned it into what is inevitably going to be a triple threat mixed tag thing. With Selena Vega, Selena Vega, Almas, Daniel Bryan, and Brie Bella, and Miz and Maurice. I would watch the hell out of that match. I would too, but it's it's not what I want. <laughs> yeah, I know. But at the same time, Let those two have a solid thirty minute match and beat the shit out of each other. But you know what? I don't. I'm not really looking forward to Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella versus Miz and Maurice either. Throwing no. uh, throwing Andrade and Zelina in there would only, in my opinion, make it. More like, let's come on, let's go crazy. Let's go crazy with it. Why not? We're doing it anyway, right? I w- I just want Miz and Daniel Bryan or Daniel Bryan and Andrade. I don't need all the other stuff around it, but if they're going to put other stuff around it, let's go nuts. Why not? And I've heard people speculate that we're going towards a triple threat. I would be so down for that because it would be madness. It'd be a lot of fun. I disagree with okay, you. Okay, well, I disagree. As much as I enjoyed the mix match challenge, I, I I just I disagree. I don't. I think that is the wrong. It, give me make sure that when you're doing all this crazy stuff over on Raw that makes my head explode, 
and now you're you're taking away some of the purity of the the in ring competition between uh, uh, actual superstars over on SmackDown Live with the opportunities that you're not letting Raw poo poo all over what you would normally do on SmackDown Live by introducing all of these kind of the mixed tag stuff with all these extra rules. I just I don't I want Brian and Almas. I want Brian and Miz. I want actual matches. Let Samoa Joe and AJ Styles continue to go nuts. Leave SmackDown alone. I don't know why. Let Rod fumble its way around. I don't. I don't think. I think they are in a lot of ways. SmackDown is a lot cleaner, of course, than, than Raw is. So I, I. I don't have that same complaint. And in this particular instance, like I, I don't mind if I like Miz and Daniel Bryan to run the rest of the year. And if you, you know, it's like throwing a stipulation match in there. Okay, we have a match where their wives get involved. Fine, as long as this goes for a long time, we have we see a bunch of different looks at it. It's fun, it's fun. I don't I don't mind it at all. We'll agree to disagree on that one. Fair enough. Uh, moving on, we need to talk about the new day, which opened the show with a five time, five time, five time, five time, five time championship celebration. With of all people who should come out and induct them into I the five time championship club, King Booker. This was fun. Uh, I thought it was a little bit goofy, and like with a lot of comedy things, it went on a little bit too long and was a little bit too much. Um, and you know, at another instance of, uh, uh, I don't know. It, it was a little, mm, it was a little too silly. But at the same time, God, it was a lot of fun. I loved this. It was a lot of fun, and especially to open it with New Day as the new champs. And then to, to be doing their thing with their kind of coronation ceremony in the ring with the belt sitting up on the um, on the table, and all of a sudden we we get the old King Book of Music. Yeah. Oh. And he even came out with the accent and everything. Oh, and was giving them all like an- anointed names, except for Big E, because he already, already has you already, one. You already have one. You're big. Right. But I I thought this was fantastic. More of this. Yeah, it was it was cute, and like many things with New Day, it's it's obnoxiously. Uh, cutesy and funny, but damn it, they pull it off somehow. Where it's like, I still call back to the rap battle between them and the Usos, which I do not know how they made that as enjoyable as it was. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. That should have been awful. Yep. That should have been unwatchable, and yet it's still, it's still in my memory as being one of the funniest things of last year. Well, at the end of this segment, we got we cut over to the sidelines by the commentator commentator area, and there's a new table getting set up. Yeah with orange uh, banners for the New Day to come in and sit on commentary. That seems to be a thing where they have, they're now having New Day do commentary a lot, and that'll put a lot of the footage up on YouTube, which is great, by the way, because their commentary is hilarious. But then we had uh, the first of two triple threat tag team matches for the number one contendership for the New Day's titles. Now now they're, they're kind of, they're, this is exactly the kind of stuff I like. And Give me throw everybody in the ring and whoever wins gets a gets a chance because we've title. got six legit tag teams on SmackDown besides the New Day. Yep, you know what I mean. Now that the Blood Bludgeon Brothers are gone, we had eight legit tag teams on SmackDown. That's compared to Raw. That's amazing. Yeah, that they could pull out eight tag teams who we can all look. Because here's the thing: guess who came back this week? The Colognes came back to face off against the uh, the club. Uh, sorry, the club and the bar. Gallows Anderson and then Sheamus and Cesaro. Yeah, you know, the Colognes come back. Here's the thing. As much as their gimmick was just ridiculous when they first came out with it and had like the pamphlets for the timeshares in Puerto Rico, Rico, it was so dumb. 
But then they get in the ring and they can wrestle so well. They're really good. This was a fantastic match. Like it was a really watchable, well-wrestled match for the most part uh, between three tag teams that all look legit. And I thought, I mean, I definitely didn't think the clones were going to win. But there were a couple of times I'm like, I mean, you know, they could. It's not for the finals. Yeah. They could pull this off. They looked and felt like a legit team. I actually thought they were going to pull the trigger on the on the club here on Carl Anderson and Gallows. Same. That was my uh, and not that they would end up going being the number one contenders, but going to that next match. I thought would that would be a fantastic piece of shine for them because they need it. Otherwise, I mean, just go back to New Japan, guys. I don't know what's happening with with Anderson. And hey, Gallows. man, Anderson never had abs like this in New Japan. You know what I'm saying? That's Something, true. Something's going right for him. Yeah. No, I did think that I thought it was going to be um, the clubs. The club was going to uh, take the going to beat the colognes so uh sort of protect the bar but nope the uh the club the club loses to the bar and the bar is going forward next week we have sanity versus the usos versus rusev day yes please who got put into a tag match i'm sensing something wrong in the state of denmark with rusev day they were all a little bit too happy with each other backstage oh, I, you could have said that two weeks ago but now it, yeah uh he's redeemed himself and they're all on swerve uh, then it's working all you right know? i know <laughs> really in because i'm in yep. yeah i'm on hashtag team aiden so it's any <laughs> anything to keep aiden around is is, is good news we'll for me. see i i the fact that they are having rusev day be a legit tag team next week uh i'm very curious what they do with that mm, okay. i'm very curious to see how that fits into the storyline with the Usos and Sanity. I have a feeling Usos going over here with some sort of shenanigans going on with Rusev Day. Usos and Bar facing off the week after that. Mm. Uh, I didn't want the Bar to win this, and I didn't. I don't want the Usos to win. I was hoping that this was an opportunity to make somebody besides the three tag teams have a chance at the titles. I, w- I really thought that this was going to be, of these six teams that are competing, you've got four of them that really haven't had much to do. And I, I, I want to see one of those, whether they sneak it out, whether they cheat to get there, whatever it is, give another team a chance besides what we've been watching for the last two to three years. Rusev Day felt very face in their backstage segment. Yes. Very yes, face. Absolutely. So, yeah, I, you know, I, the other option is Rusev Day goes over and then goes and faces the New Day and loses the, you know, in a tag match for the championship. I'm going to, you know what, I'm going to make a stretch bet on this one and we're going to do our picks in a couple of weeks, but it's, I'm I'm looking at sanity going. Yeah, I could see this. I could oh, no. see sanity going. I, I think they've. I think sanity's already heading down the ascension path. Uh, moving on oh. to another big feud: Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe still stalking AJ Styles' wife. AJ Styles came out, cut a promo on uh, Samoa Joe, saying, "Come to the ring, I'll kick your ass." Joe out in the parking lot on the cell phone with AJ Styles' wife. Trying to get her to come to catering to have some barbecue or something. Yes. Well, no, he was, he was going to show up at her, her oh, barbecue. They were going to have a barbecue. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'm going to show up and we'll hang out and I'll come with you to the parent teacher meeting. This is getting this so driving. fun. Well, uh, I got shades of DDP, uh, stalker oh, DDP on. out of this. I didn't like it this week. I think it's too much. It, dude, this is now instead of a dick punch, it's, it's going to be AJ's wife. Like, can't we just have these guys just be mad at each other because they don't like. All right. A little bit of AJ's wife is fine. I've liked the stuff they did with it so far. Don't make, don't overdo it. Don't over, don't make everything about the dick punch. Don't make everything about AJ's wife. Do you know what I mean? Find more nuances to it. And both these guys are doing the best they can with it. You know, they're making it very entertaining, and Joe is just fantastic. What if this goes all the way back to Elizabeth with Hogan and Macho Man and it becomes a thing? What? 
Yeah. What? What if How? what if Joe ends up stealing AJ's wife? Dude. No. No. I'm just saying. That's the opposite of what I was just saying. <laughs> I was just saying less AJ's wife and now you're saying more AJ's wife. I mean if they're going to do it, I mean go for it, you know. No. No, that applies to Zelina Vega and Dracian almost being added to the Daniel Bryan and Miz feud. Sure. If you're going to go for it, go for it. Throw everything at it. In this feud, no. Take the thing out of it. Don't. Less AJ's wife. A little bit of AJ's wife just to get him riled up. And then... Eh. Andrea nailed it in the chat. Overdoing uh. it is all they know how to do. I, I agree with that. <laughs> well said. Well said. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. I, what's happening with Joe and AJ Styles? I don't care. Let them get hands on each other. They're going to tear the house down. Yeah, I Whatever can't wait they for the next do. Match. Whatever. Can't just wait for the line them up. For, yep. the, for the next three, four just, months. Just don't have his wife in the house for the next show, please. Fine. Whether she's there or not is irrelevant to me. You know what I can't wait for, though, is something else we learned about this week. So Hell in a Cell is coming up. We already know about one cell match between Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman. We know about another cell match now between Randy Orton and Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy is getting his wish. He's openly stated for years he wanted to have a Hell in a Cell match. He's never had it. A guy that, if you look at his style and his career... You can't imagine how he's never had a Hell in a Cell match. That's a good point. Yeah. And, and, but, but here's the thing. All he wants to do is swanton onto an announce table off the top of the he's cell. He's going to die. Yeah. He, Nick, Nick, we're, we're watching a man try to commit suicide here, and I'm worried about Jeff Hardy. Me too. Me too. I'm, because I, Like all knows. joking, all kayfabe, everything aside, that is... <laughs> exactly. That is... I'm genuinely concerned that this dude is is setting himself up to... I don't want to say martyr, but you know, go down I think, as doing something crazy. Yeah, I think ever since the the first, like the Undertaker, Mankind, Hell in a Cell, WWE has taken extreme measures to protect people who have no sense in their heads about taking bumps, like Mankind, like Jeff Hardy. They've taken a lot more care in trying to protect them against their worst impulses. So I have a feeling that they will do their best to protect Jeff Hardy from himself. But at the same time, I think you and I both know Jeff Hardy's going to do some stupid, stupid shit in this cell. Yep. And it's going to be wildly entertaining. I know he Off wanted to sell not in the cell. He's going to find all kinds of creative ways to do insane stuff. But as much as, his, as much as his broken messed up body will allow, <laughs> I, I guarantee, cause we both know he's having major back problems right now. Yep. I guarantee he's just, you know, no selling that to be able to have the cell match. He wanted to have it against the undertakers, which is what his dream match was. I got to say, dude, Randy Orton's a pretty good uh, from, from like a legendary standpoint. He's nowhere near on the same level as the undertaker, but he's a legit guy to have a hell in a cell match again. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, and bring all the implements in outside the the edge of the ring. Yeah, it's it's going to be madness. Yep. It's going to be absolutely crazy. And and speaking of Punjabi prison, Randy does need to atone for that match. So this I think is a good way of doing that. And hopefully this is another case where overdoing it, which is what they're they're very good at. This is where I hope overdoing it pays off well. Yep. Uh, wrapping up SmackDown here, we had a match uh, with. Billy Kay facing off against Naomi. Yeah, so now Naomi's lost two weeks in a row to each member of the Iconics through some shenaniganry, yeah. but she still lost each one. This just screams Naomi finding a tag team member to me. But we're starting the women's tag division. Naomi's going to go find a, a, a someone to tag with and come back and then yeah, have anybody a we're in have, mind. Uh, you know what i I told myself to think about it and, and think who she was going to she was going to tag with. Maybe Lana. I just don't care. 
Maybe Lana. That's really what it comes down. Because Lana, I mean, Lana's doing Rusev Day stuff, but Rusev Day's off being a, a male tag team next week. So Lana's yeah. got not a whole lot to do. So be a good way to get the iconics over. Get more, you know. Yeah, no more iconics on my TV. I feel the the general feeling for me is that they're starting to get a little bit long in the tooth. They're starting to get a little bit annoying already. They're fantastic. I hundred percent agree with you that they're Calm fantastic. Calm down, there, Meltzer. What the hell? But they're. I, I didn't say that she was lighter in NXT. Are you, are, right? are you, you're saying she's getting older? Really? No, no. Longer no. in the tooth. Nick. Their their whole this whole gimmick is starting to get a little bit. Like I want to I want to see them do more. I guess is what I'm trying to okay. say. Okay. I agree with that. I, I'm more, I, like I said earlier, more iconics, the merrier. So I, I, uh, I know a lot of people are irritated by their promos. I love their promos. I actually enjoy them. Yeah. That's, that's not what I'm worried about. They, that most of the, other than the last two weeks, which have been great, even though it's only been against Naomi, um, think what you want. But at the same time, I want, I know they're both capable in ring. Oh, yeah. Extremely oh, they're, they're very good. And I want to, I want to see them have some of the matches that like they used to have in NXT. Peyton used to put on some amazing matches in NXT. They've got the capability. They're, I feel like they're being relegated to this comedy duo thing uh, that's just becoming snarky and annoying. So, but again, that is that is a trope you see a lot in WWE, where sure. you know if they're if sure. they're a comedy, they can't be taken seriously. And I think that if they let them uh, be, you know, these kind of goofy, bratty Aussie chicks outside the ring, and then get in and actually be able to work. It to do a lot for them. Yeah. I mean, look, look, look how they turned around um, the Riot Squad for being this kind of like goofy little ha ditzy chicks to chicks that can actually get in there and kick ass. Yeah, you know. So. All right. Well, no, not all hope is lost yet, but I, I'm, I'm. Well, one I'm, quick I'm last to note. Get fearful of them. Uh, well, one quick last note. Spear, speaking of fearful, Nakamura is not doing anything. He's the U.S. champ. He actually said online on WWE.com that he's waiting for a real challenger. There's no one out there he really respects, so he's not going to take any challengers until there's someone comes along that he really respects. It's their way of keeping him with the belt and off TV until they actually have a feud for him, which I'm fine with. Don't have him on there for no reason. Let Joe and AJ run its course. You know, well, just, Yeah, get yeah. another get another face around there. Call up EC3, like whatever. Get another big face on SmackDown and uh, have him face off against Nakamura. But until then, don't just throw Nakamura on TV for no reason. Somebody posted a video in the Busted Wide Open uh, Facebook group this week where it was uh, Triple H and Shawn Michaels, and Shane McMahon came in, and he had his enforcers with him, and one of them was EC3, mm. and the other one was It was Cesaro. Aiden English. And was it, was it, no, Cesaro? it was Cesaro? It was Cesaro? Yeah. They look very similar yeah, with they hair. Do. Would they have the handlebar, the, the Fu Manchu mustache going on? <laughs> oh, man. Well, guys, that's it for SmackDown Live and the main roster of WWE, but we're not done. We've got a whole, whole, whole bunch of other stuff to talk about over in the wide world of wrestling. Well, starting off with NXT, Johnny Gargano came back. He's got a busted leg because he uh, tried to knee Ciampa's head off uh, the last pay-per-view, but busted his knee instead. And he is all kinds of messed up in the head, Nick. Yes, he is. Uh, we've seen the darkness. The turn has happened. They, he has arrived. He has admittedly, himself admittedly, become Tommaso Ciampa. Yeah, in the words of Mr. Perfect, they're stealing my moves. <laughs> <laughs> they're wrestling this match perfectly. They're, they're absolutely nailing everything with Johnny Gargano here. It's, he even came out and said, you know, I'm becoming the very thing I hate. I became Tommaso Ciampa at the last Pay per view. I don't even know what to do with myself. I'm letting everybody down. I let all you guys down. I'm breaking promises to everyone. I'm a mess. I'm a mess. I don't know what to do. Uh, in the middle of all this, William Regal comes out 
And at, the whole episode, by the way, was was the beginning of William Regal trying to figure out, get to the bottom of who attacked Alistair Black, interviewing all sorts of people. We'll get into that. But he came out and basically said, Johnny, did you do this? And Johnny never said yes, and he never said no. He just said, look into my eyes, and you'll, you'll get your answer. You've known me for a really long time. Yeah, but in the middle of all this, uh, Velveteen Dream comes out and basically goes, man, shut your mouth. Why? Because uh, why not? It's Velveteen Dream. Okay. He does what he wants. Uh, he came out to the ring and uh, ended up getting booked in a match against Johnny next week and then taken back to William Regal's office where he was interrogated about uh, his actions when it came to uh, good old Alistair Black. I liked William Regal, the way William Regal promoted how Alistair will return, where he said, uh, before Alistair Black comes, comes back and burns this place to the ground, I've got to try and get to the bottom of this so he doesn't just take us all out. <laughs> That's a great way of selling how dangerous Black's going to be when he comes back and, and possibly then, going back to like the old scarier Alistair Black. Yes, because uh, if the only thing I saw him post on social media all week was this silhouette picture of a field and an image of death, the Grim Reaper, uh, almost as a smoke monster posting it with some kind of like cryptic caption going of course. on. And I'm just like, yes, he's so edgy. He's back. He's so edgy. Oh, oh. bring him back. No, yeah, I, as the just don't say a word. Yep. And just murder everybody. Yes. Uh, uh, what we were saying he's best at is the silent killer. If they bring him back like that, uh, they'll be nailed. They'll, they'll be nailing it again. Uh, his He does have a great song. Oh. Um, it's one of the few, you know what? So there it used to be back in the day, like there's a lot of wrestling songs that I could listen to and just be like, this is a great song. Even though like in hindsight, it really wasn't. Alistair Black has possibly like the most listenable song like him him and Minoru Suzuki are the two songs that or and Tanahashi have like those they have those theme songs I'll just blast in my car Lars Sullivan's for mine really yeah because it's just da, 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 yeah, da. I'm know. sitting in a traffic light just head banging it's kind of boring <laughs> to me. I don't know <laughs> um so we also had a match between Aaliyah and Dakota Kai Dakota Kai looking more and more like Bailey 2.0 uh, Aaliyah looking a lot better. I think she's improving. Um, I liked I liked what I saw from her in this match. It, is, it, is she in the Mayo? Is she on the roster? I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, uh, I don't I have my the, note up. I can pull it up in a second here. Because I, I, I thought the exact same thing, and I'm wondering, wow, she's been putting in work, and it's uh, is she going to be in the May Young Classic next week? So that's I'm wondering I'm if 90%, she's in the field. I'm 90 percent. No. Okay. Um, it Let's is. See if Chat can beat you. Chat is is Aaliyah going to be in the May Young Classic? Uh no, she is not. Nope. Okay. Uh, I think. Well, it's probably unfortunate. It's probably for the better. But it, at the same time, I like the the upside on her is strong. Uh, got a great look. Love the outfit. Love the song. She's doing the right things with the crowd, and the re- in ring performance is getting better. It reminded me, and, and then we'll move on. It reminded me a little bit of watching Bailey versus Carmella. If uh, if Carmella could wrestle better, although Carmella Carmella had a good wrestling match this week. She's fine. Yeah, she's totally fine. So. Uh, also EC three still has a messed up eye. Thanks to Velveteen dream at the last pay-per-view. He was supposed to have a match with Raul Mendoza, who I still say is wildly underrated, which I was really looking forward to until he gets leveled in the back by Lars Sullivan. Yeah. Allegedly. Randomly random. Allegedly. allegedly. Wasn't allegedly. Lars came out to the ring and admitted it. He says, unlike with Alistair black. Okay. You just spoiled the whole thing. He always saw was a spot of him walking. Uh, out the the long end of the hallway, 
Until later, he does come out and admits that oh, I kicked his ass. You know, fine. That's not spoiler. That's telling the story, Nick. Fine. I was like, <laughs> you, did the was same, you just said the same thing. No, anyway, I didn't. Anyway, Lars Sullivan ends up coming out in the place of EC3, who he left lying in the back. Uh, and had a match. He didn't know. He didn't even have a match with Raul Mendoza. He just killed him. The yeah. bell never rang. Yeah. He just murdered Raul Mendoza, who, by the way, as I said, is amazing. And even if he's going to be a career enhancement guy, he's God. He's so good at selling. Uh, he sold Lars Sullivan like death, like death. I mean, it's not hard to sell a Lars Sullivan. I was like going to say that's but, not difficult. No, but he, he hurts, but he really sold it well. So this was the, the return of the monster Lars Sullivan uh lars is back we're not sure if he had anything to do with alistair black he says he doesn't he's my pick honestly i know he is but he's just too obvious yep uh another pick another another obvious pick would, would be Tommaso champa who gave a fantastic promo this week basically saying that uh yeah he's on top and y'all can kiss his butt we still don't know who his next challenger is going to be who do, you, who do you think adam cole adam cole yep he is not doing anything right now and he's he's due for I mean, he's getting nothing but face reactions. I don't think we'll get it till Survivor Series, November Survivor Series oh, that's, uh, well, yeah, takeover that's, that's and whatnot. Um, but it's it's. I think Adam Cole's probably next in line. Yeah, so I mean, they have a few weeks to to let Adam Cole. I don't think they'll make him full face, but they'll definitely play him more face ish if he, yeah. if he does go against. I mean, here's the thing: anyone's a face against Tommaso Ciampa yeah. at this point. He's the heeliest heel in all of WWE. I would say. I'll, I'll give you is that. anyone more heelish than him right now i don't think so no uh, i really don't no 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 chat what do you think Everybody right so more heel I, yeah than Tampa? So, so yeah adam cole gets uh face reactions against you know huge baby faces and that pop you know. that they had when they came out for their match uh later that night mm-hmm. with the tag match holy smokes that everybody's going boom when oh, they yes. with that holy crap dude. um speaking of big pops i popped big when we had a match between uh, this guy named Luke Menzies, who I hadn't heard of before. Uh, apparently, he's a rugby player who's transitioning into wrestling, uh, but still very green. I pop because his opponent, the fabulous, the luminescent, the limitless, the limitless Keith Lee. Uh, another nice showcase match for Keith Lee. I thought his last one was more of a showcase for the guy he was fighting. Who, who, <laughs> you know what survived. I mean? Skinny Walter. I yeah. liked him a lot. Yeah. Uh, but this week, it was a little bit more of Keith Lee looking like a beast and putting this dude, put another big boy. This dude down. wasn't small. Yeah, no, he's a big boy he's jacked. And he, he did that one, the running thing that he does where he throws a shoulder into him and the dude just went flying, the, sold it. The awesome. Pounce. He did yeah. the pounce. I mean, I'm always scared when Keith Lee does a pounce because I'm waiting to see some dude fly out of the ring. Yeah. Like we've audience. seen happen. Yeah. Oh, just <laughs> into backstage, into orbit. Like, so, Ron, like Ronda's mic. You can, guys, I, you know? can I ask a, a, a favor of you real quick? Can you yes. do me a favor? Can you close your eyes? And I just I want you to imagine Keith Lee versus Braun Strowman. Because <laughs> it's going to happen oh, in the future. Nick. We're going to get that. It's going to be amazing. I also want to say it is it is incredible. I, and I'm, I'm not over it yet. It's incredible to see Ricochet and Keith Lee, two of our favorites from PWG of the last few years, just doing so well on NXT so fast, well, so quickly. Here's, we knew they would. Here's the other thing, is before you start you know, putting people on the main roster, I'd love to have a conversation sometime about people's ceilings, like how yeah. high we think people can rise in the WWE, like given the best possible circumstances. You know, like what's Adam Cole's ceiling? What's Ricochet's ceiling? What's Johnny Gargano's ceiling? Like what's the highest we could see them getting? Keith Lee would be a great example of that. In the meantime, they are in NXT right now. 
And in NXT, if you're looking at the roster that they're building, the possibility of the matches that they can have is mind-boggling. For limitless. Me, for, for dudes like us who've seen a lot of these guys on the indies for the last few years, it's limitless. I just, you son of a... Uh, <laughs> I, I'm thinking about you know the matches that I've seen live. Ricochet versus Keith Lee. Matt Riddle versus Keith Lee. Matt Riddle versus Ricochet. Ricochet versus Jeff Cobb versus Keith Lee. If Jeff Cobb ever goes to WWE. Uh, Donovan Dijak versus Keith Lee. They're both in NXT right now. You know, the, uh, Adam Cole versus any of them. Uh, it's Roderick Strong versus any of them. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly. Like, it's it, the men's roster right now in, the, in NXT. And I'm not even getting into the women's roster yet. The men's roster is insane. When Matt Riddle comes out as well, like, who I think a lot of people are not ready for right. how good that guy is, it's going to be in, like insane how good NXT is going to be in about six months. It already is. Yeah. If, if you think it where it's at right now versus oh. there's still a ling- lingering little bit of stuff from kind of the previous generation, dare I say the Bobby Roode era from, from uh, last year mm-hmm. that, is, that is still carried over that we're still dealing the with. TNA era? <laughs> sure. But the I think the next year, I think 2019 for NXT is that we because we're kind of we're almost at this point where we're cutting off into a new whole new roster whole new thing other than yeah. like the DIY feud going on and you know, some of the Alistair Black. I mean, we're moving forward into a whole new generation of superstars coming up out of NXT and out of the Indies. It's, it's why I think them making the North American championship belt was a really smart move yes. because that's basically become the indie darling belt. Yes. <laughs> Whoever the indie darling flavor of the month is, it comes along, gets that belt. So whatever, it's going to be fantastic. I can't wait to see more, especially if we get matches like the main event of the night, which was Undisputed Era, represented by, uh, by the way, not O'Reilly and Strong. Tonight, because of Freebird rules, they were able to have Adam Cole and Roderick Strong, which I thought was interesting, versus Ricochet and Pete Dunne, which actually I didn't even think of how much it made sense until they started the match because Pete Dunne and and Roderick Strong have history because of their tag team match. That's when Roderick Strong turned heel. He turned heel on Pete Dunne. Adam Cole and Ricochet just had a a match at the last takeover where Ricochet stole the belt from, from Adam Cole and still he won it. The point is there's history. In addition, it looks like we're building towards a match between Ricochet and Pete Dunne, where they're having some communication issues with Ricochet uh, accidentally uh, doing a, a out, outside moonsault onto Pete Dunne at the end, costing Pete Dunne and him the, himself the victory. So uh, I like where this is going. Ricochet and Pete Dunne. Wow. Wow, yes. I'll, I'll take more of that, please. But another great All match. Day. And then at the end of the match, we had another build to War Raiders versus Undisputed Era. I'm curious where that goes because War Raiders kind of have to win this feud to be seen as legit. Uh, and that means Undisputed Era loses another set of belts. So I'm very curious what the end game is with War Raiders and Undisputed Era. Just like the NXT UK match at Royal Albert Hall, I don't think it matters that much, to be (laughs) honest with you. Um, Let them come in. Let them establish and legitimize themselves. Everybody knows their history and their legacy from... Uh, New Japan. I don't and think Progress everyone does know. That that's stuff. kind of what I'm saying. Is that they really? Have, no, I don't think everyone knows that. I think they did a, a good job 
like with uh, like TM61, now known as the Mighty, they put together great promo packages about their history so that we know their history. But a lot of people don't know their history. A lot of people don't know who these Full people Sale are. Full Sail is singing, basking his glory to Keith Lee, and he's been there two weeks. Yeah, because they all go look him up and know who he is, or some of them may have seen some of his matches. Sure, but... <laughs> They have, you're First time that, I ever saw Keith Lee, I didn't know him from Adam. I was singing "Bask in His Glory." That's fair. You know what I mean? That's fair. As, so it's that, that doesn't mean that they all know his history and know everything about him. Fair point. Fair so, point. I'm saying I'm going to give them the benefit of the of the doubt and understand like what a legit tag team war machine used to be was is whatever you. I don't know that that translates. You want to use? I don't know that translates. But anyway, we got we got to move on through NXT here. A couple more things uh, about the Alistair Black investigation. We did have the Forgotten Sons. Uh, show up in a uh, a little backstage segment saying Funny, that they I had have, forgotten about them. Uh, I think we all forgot about them. Hey, Wesley Blake, remember him? That guy. Yeah, the 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 guy who used to be the most recognizable member of those dubstep cowboys, whatever you want to call them, the the tag team with yeah. with him and uh, and Buddy Murphy. Uh, Buddy Murphy now being one of the best things on Two Hundred Five Live, and now Wesley Blake relegated to the Forgotten Sons. Well, they should have called them the Techno Vikings. It would have been better. Uh, that was not all right. Me. Moving on. Not the, that was not the uh, the name I originally had for them. It was much ruder. But uh, we also had probably my favorite segment of the whole show, which was Nikki Cross spinning in a chair, being interviewed by William Regal, and William Regal not being able to get a straight answer out of this crazy chick, and then having Bianca Belair come in and uh, asking why she's waiting for so long, and then her interaction with Nikki Cross was just priceless. Yeah, those two have been doing some improv classes or something, but just Nikki just kept. Trying to grab her ponytail the whole time. Yeah, it just, it just Bianca don't meanwhile stop wearing my hair. Bianca meanwhile wearing a shirt that says "Don't touch my hair." Right, <laughs> uh, and it looks like we're heading towards a Bianca Belair Nikki Cross feud. Yes, yes, that's a fantastic idea. Um, Nikki apparently does know who beat up Alistair Black. I know a secret. I've got a secret, and you don't know what it is. It's fantastic. Looking forward to more of that. More Nikki and William Regal, please. I love their chemistry. Hey, speaking of that side of the world, uh, Birch and Lorkin are coming back in two weeks. Can't wait for them either. Woo! Yep. Uh, moving over to 205 Live, we had a couple matches on this show. Again, very watchable. If you're not watching 205 Live, you're missing out. It is some great wrestling. I hope more people get into this show. Akira Tozawa defeated Brian Kendrick in a great match. I don't know how it relates to the fact that we have an ongoing feud between Drew Gulak and Cedric Alexander uh, because obviously Kendrick, one of Gulak's goons, but maybe yeah, but where's maybe, Tozawa fit into this? That's whole what picture. I'm saying. Maybe Tozawa gets involved with Cedric somehow, yeah. and we, I don't know. We have a tag match. Uh, Hideo Itami has been murdering people recently and not taking the pins. He's been beating them up instead of pinning them, pulling them up, and beating them up some more. This week he tried it again um, as a way to call out Mustafa Ali. You know, the heart of 205 Live, the man of justice, the man that Hideo apparently injured. I guess now they're saying that Hideo is the one that injured him and put him in the hospital. Okay, um, but Ali came out, chased uh, Hideo out. It looks like we're going to have a Hideo Itami and Mustafa Ali feud. Uh, that sounds like a great plan to me. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm all in. in on for that. And then finally, we had a fantastic match between Buddy Murphy and Kalisto with uh, Tony Nese and the rest of the Lucha House Party on the outside of the ring. Fantastic match. Uh, Buddy Murphy did defeat Kalisto um, at the end of this. Buddy Murphy on a uh, still still being the juggernaut on this show, but I do recommend going and checking out that match. It's pretty awesome. More 205 Live news down in our other news segment because uh, it was something that was announced this morning about 205 Live, but we'll get into that when we talk about the other news later on in the show, Uh, but it does relate to 205 Live. Now, 
Ian, I, I know you you write most of the show for us here. Me personally, I would have put this in the big news at the top. But moving over to Lucha Underground, Taya and Johnny Mundo tied the knot and got married on Lucha Underground. I mean, this we week. had it in our big news segment when they actually got married. Yeah, but this is on TV. Anyway, and, and Johnny so, sang a song to her in he Spanish. Yes, he did. There was, it was a lot of horrifyingly hilarious to watch. This was an absolute. So like, bad. Lucha Underground has been really bizarre this season. Yes. It's been really, really weird. Like they they pivoted out of this kind of comic book badassery, and now they're just being weird, just weird. Like Antonio Cueto coming out and promising everyone tacos during the wedding. Ugh. And the wedding, of course, was busted up because uh, Ricky Mundo decided to go insane and go let Matanza, Turn loose Matanza. Go let Matanza <laughs> out of his of cage. <laughs> so Matanza comes out and kills everybody. Looks like, and he actually ended up uh, personally like going mostly after Taya, which makes me think we're going to have a Taya and Matanza feud, and possibly even going into having like a match at Ultima Lucha Cuatro. Um, but yeah, this was bizarre. It was, the whole show this week was kind of weird. You had a no mas match, like an I quit match yeah. between Jack Evans and Exolicious. Uh, Exolicious does win with help from Ivalice and Joey Ryan. Joey Ryan is helping Exolicious. He had a little bit of a change of heart, but I don't think he's, I think he's pulling a fast one here. Yeah. Uh, As but it was Joey a, Ryan does. It was a good match. I, I, Exolicious, I think is awesome. Really underrated. Um, we had Jake strong and Drago had a match. I'm not, you know, I really want to like Jake Strong, but he's just kind of vanilla at this point. They need to give us something about his character other than he's big and angry, you know. And she's just kind of got to be more. Yeah, we've already got that in Brian Cage. He's a machine, kinda, right? Right, and Cage is more believable oh, with yeah. it because he's just joke. Jake Strong you know? just looks bored, yeah. to be honest. But he had a match <laughs> against uh, Drago, submitted him, and then got chased off by Aerostar uh, once he tried to beat up Drago after the match. So Lucha Underground again, just. I mean, last week we had a haunted house match with pumpkins. With pumpkins, and this week and we owl. have we have a bizarre wedding being interrupted by a guy in a Jason mask. He slammed the who pumpkin. surprisingly smells really nice. Really, Matanza? No, oh, he oh, smells yeah. delicious. Oh wow, okay. Uh, no, I was talking about last week. Contrary to what Michael Elgin will tell the you, the giant pumpkin getting smashed over somebody <laughs> and it didn't break over, like, over the I've, Mac. I've tried to punch through a pumpkin before yeah. and I've ended up with bloody knuckles. Yeah, that had to it, have been a thirty-pound pumpkin that got dropped. Oh the God. Mac. Oh, God, and it didn't break or anything. I mean, just, no, just boom, ow, boom. that'll break your back. <laughs> It'll mess you up, that's for sure. Uh, luckily, the Mac has some cushion, so he can take it. Sticking with uh, Lucha stuff, we yes. did have a big, massive, huge. I posted a picture of it in the Facebook group. I couldn't believe there had to have been 100,000 people at this event. Yeah. I don't have an official number. Triple A's, triple mania. Holy smokes. Mm-hmm. Run it down for us. Uh, well, so Triple Mania is, you know, Triple A's WrestleMania. It's their biggest promotion of the right. year. Uh, if you don't know what Triple uh, A, there's two major lucha, uh, lucha f- promotions in Mexico: CMLL and Triple A. Triple A currently, when Lucha Underground first started, they fed a lot of their talent into Lucha Underground because they had an association with Vampiro. Vampiro is one of the bookers for Triple A. He's also one of their color commentary guys. For if you're listening to English commentary, which by the way was hilarious because he was trying to call the show at the same time as he was trying to run the book on the show. And at one point he's supposed to get in the ring and, and face down Conan and he's screaming at the guys in the truck to play his music while still on commentary <laughs> and strikers trying to explain why he's doing that in kayfabe. It was kind of a, a insanity, but uh, yeah, um, 
it was it was a crazy crazy show way more violent than i really thought it was going to be um but uh so just running it down really quickly because we got to go here uh sammy guevara who we know from local PWG, a local PWG yes. boy. He and defeated Lucha. Australian Suicide ACH and Shane Strickland, aka Killshot, for the cruiserweight belt. Go he Sammy. is now the triple triple A cruiserweight champion. Uh Bandito and Flamita, we also know from around here. They defeated Aerostar and Drago, Golden Magic and Laredo Kid, and DJZ and Andrew Everett for the number one tag team contendership, which is completely earned. Bandito and Flamita, if you have not seen them, are next level luchadors absolutely incredible uh ogt the, there's so there's two crazy big factions ogt and mad uh they had a lumberjack match that was a lot of fun total chaos that's uh that's one of the places where vampiro and conan sort of got into it we'll, right i'll discuss that in a second uh we had a street fight between uh la mascara rey scorpion el tejano jr uh and then the team of joe lighter pagano and murder clown this was not a street fight. This was a de- this was a death match. This was like tubes, glass tubes, and all- flaming bull whips. Holy smokes! It was absolutely insanity. You can watch all this on YouTube on Triple A's YouTube channel. They have it all. Uh, it was it was freaking ridiculous. Uh, this is one that I was I was shocked by how violent it got. Um, there was a Spanish fly off the ramp through a flaming table in this match. Jesus, yeah, no, it was nuts. Um, we had uh, Lady Shawnee, who I think is fantastic. I, I'm actually surprised she was not in the Mayon Classic this year. Uh, Lady Shawnee defeated Fabi Apache. It was a mask versus hair match, and so Fabi Apache got shaved. Okay, um, Shawnee's not, <laughs> not losing her damn mask. Um, then we and okay, so the head for the heavyweight championship, we had a fatal four way. Um, it was actually kind of a strange. Uh, this so this I remember was us Phoenix. talking about this last week. Yeah, so Jeff Jarrett. Uh, is the heavyweight champ of AAA because you know Lucha? What? Uh, he but he <laughs> he won it through some shenaniganry uh, off of Doctor Wagner Jr. Right. So, but that shenaniganry was basically Laparca came out and helped him. Well, in this match, same sort of thing. It was Jeff Jarrett defending his championship against Phoenix, Rich Swan, and Brian Cage. At the end of the match, guy dressed up as Laparca comes out of the crowd, distracts Jeff Jarrett. Phoenix get a, gets a cutter on him, picks up the win. Phoenix. Our boy is your new triple A mega heavyweight champion. But the guy dresses La Parca, Dr. Wagner Jr. <gasps> Plot yeah, twist. So Jeff Jarrett, Dr. Wagner, they've got some issues. They actually got booked next year. Next triple mania. We've already booked this. Uh, we're going to have a drinking contest. Uh, let's see. Uh, no, I think no. Je- no, our next, not next triple mania. Jeff Jarrett and, and Dr. Wagner are going to have a match, but we, uh, sorry, I was actually, I have to correct myself. Okay. We, have, we have booked a match with Dr. Wagner next year, Triple Mania, but that's because of the main event where Hijo de Fantasma had a, uh, uh, a loser loses their mask match against Pentagon Jr., uh, L.A. Park, and Psycho Clown. So this was the match where at the end, uh, first of all, Pentagon shot a flaming fireball uh, I guess she shot at the top of the cage. It was a cage match. If you escape the cage, you were, you're fine, right? So two guys escape the cage, and then the last two fight to a pinfall. Okay. Right? The cage goes up. Pentagon's the first one out because he shot a freaking fireball at, on while he was on the top of the cage. Shot a fireball at Psycho Clown, which, I, okay. Who's the Psycho cool. Clown now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? 
So both, so he and Psycho Clown both escape the cage. Ends up being a one-on-one match between Ihu de, de Fantasma and Leparc. All kinds of crazy stuff goes down. Uh, at the end of the match, Fantasma does lose and loses his mask. His father and his son both come to the ring as he unmasks. He's now going around as an unmasked wrestler. He does work in Impact. He's King Cuerno in uh, Lucha yeah. Underground, so I don't know if he's going to keep his mask there. But uh, he did get unmasked. But Dr. Wagner came out after that match and cut a promo on Leparc, who had just beaten Fantasma. And so they're the ones next year at uh, Triple Mania, they're having a hair versus mask match. So either, either Wagner's going to shave himself bald. And if you've seen Dr. Wagner now that he's been unmasked, uh, he looks like the most interesting man in the world. Yeah. Like, like a Mexican most interesting man in the world. Uh, I can't see him bald. He's got a beautiful head of hair. Uh-oh. But I don't think Leparc's getting unmasked. Anyway, yeah, triple, I mean, triple Mania was insane. It was a lot of fun, uh, a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be, uh, but well worth a watch if you can go check it out. Cool. Well, hey, let's move over and uh, chat about some listener questions. Thank you, everybody. And if you'd like to get in on the action, you can head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for that $5 tier for the price of what it would cost you to buy Ian and myself a, a beer. One time a month, Mwah. you can have access to Ask Us Listener Questions every single week on the show, as well as get a copy of the show notes. Yeah, for the uh, for the price of sponsoring a coffee for me once a yeah, week. Yeah, you know? exactly. Uh, also, real quick, while we're talking about Patreon, just throw it out there. Uh, we did put up our first bonus episode for our $10 and up patrons. Was it up? On Roman Reigns. It went up on Monday. Hey yes, now. it did. Uh, so that's been up all week. Uh, we love hearing your feedback, getting some good notes and uh, stuff already, but we're looking forward to doing the next one already in September. Oh, yeah. We'll have that up there. Make sure you get signed up. You can still go back and listen to the Roman one whenever you want, uh, so long as you sign up for that $10 tier. Yeah, and the, and the Roman one, uh, before you get scared off and say, another Roman Reigns thing, it is basically just a very clear-headed discussion of Roman Reigns, you know, taking all the emotion out of it and just establishing who he is, why he's there, what we think of him, and just a general I you know, kind of trying to wrap our head yeah. around the current state of WWE wrestling as it centers around Roman Reigns. Yeah. Well, this week, our listener questions, uh, let's just rattle them off. First one came from Rule Sheerans. Uh, thank you very much for your support. Do you guys think All In will lead to something bigger uh, such as regular events or a brand new promotion. So I've listened to Cody be interviewed about this quite a few times, and obviously you can never know what's truly going on in the guy's head. But what he's saying is it's a one-day-at-a-time thing. He needs to get through this thing before he even thinks about where this goes. So it's hard to speculate where even the guy who would do it doesn't even know. So that kind of prognostication uh, would basically we be having to extrapolate based on what we know about who he is. That being said, I think there will be an all-in too. I think that all-in might become a yearly event, like a kind of a super indie show if you will yeah i could see that happening uh i don't know about a new promotion because so many promotions are involved with all in it's, and we already have too many of them honestly mm, i don't think there can ever be that many but i, I you know i like the, i think the competition's great but if you think about the people that are involved in this nwa ring of honor new japan impact are four big promotions that have a lot of fingers in this pie so in a way it's kind of above promotions so I could see it being something where a lot of the non-WWE promotions get together to put on a super show. Yeah. I could see it be something like that and a, a yearly event. And that could be a lot of fun. That could end up being really cool. But uh, and, a, and a genuine 
I mean, nothing's going to compete with WWE at this point, but at least something. Well, with all big. four of the promotions being involved, is it something where they could just start churning out pay per view after pay per view? Doing look at uh, Ring of Honor and New Japan doing the one at Madison Square Garden next year. You I know? don't think so, because it's just Cody and the Young Bucks. I don't know that they're ever going to be churning these things out. Um, but I th- I think that it's one step at a time. Like I said, let's look at see what happens, how they feel after All In Two. Let's see how these, the landscape of the indie scene looks after WWE gets all its TV money and starts buying up a lot of talent. That's a good point. That's a good point. You know, because now WWE has FU money. You know, oh, you're putting on a nice little indie promotion there. Be a shame if someone bought all your talent. So <laughs> you get a contract and, and you, you get, get a, a contract, contract and you get a contract. Nice contract. Just have a fun time lying on your butt in Florida. Yeah, exactly. Oh. So come hang out in shiny Orlando. <laughs> for, for a couple million bucks? Yes, sir. Uh, I, I think the only thing that I'm skeptical about with, or skeptically optimistic, I should say, is that there are multiple, like four major promotions involved with at least procuring ta- or talent from those promotions involved in this. And I think that, to me, you, you can put on any event you want to, but if you don't have the talent involved or the talent available to come and populate the event... Yeah you're not going to go very far. So the, the the promising thing for me is the fact that they do have all of these promotions involved with this massive talent pool available to uh, to come and populate. There's nothing stopping them. They could book uh, you know one every two or three, once a quarter next year if they wanted to. So that's the only thing stopping them is their motivation. Well, but also... The talent's available. But also the difficulties, as we t- said at the top of the show, this is not just, you know, snap your fingers and it happens. A lot of work has to go into it, and it's not a lot of people that are putting this together. Yeah, but they just set the precedent. They set the precedent, but, you know, doing it again doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to sell out in 27 minutes again. So they got to get through this one first. Let's see basically. what happens, yeah. Uh, next up, Ryan Rugani. Thank you for your question. Uh, do you think if Jericho ends up wrestling in the U.S. and with the New Japan and possibly Impact, that he will be one more big piece to the puzzle? Mm. Uh, and he also noted his podcast with Cody and the Young Bucks. He seemed to want to work with them on an all-in number two. Oh, dude, I could absolutely see Jericho being a huge part of all-in two if and when it happens. I could see Jericho... Jericho's the kind of guy who likes to, you know, always be involved in doing something interesting that he hates being bored. Yeah. Right. Which is why he, at a certain point with WWE, he's like, cool, festival of friendship. Great. Time to go to New Japan and be win, win the Intercontinental belt. Time to make a cruise. You know what I mean? He's also one of those guys, like Cody, that loves thinking outside the box. So absolutely, I could see him being a huge piece of the puzzle. He's said he's interested. You know, he's, he's still buddies with Don Callis. He can Scott Diamore. He could absolutely go to Impact, show up on Impact, and not even like kind of like how we do in, in New Japan, where it's not in a huge capacity. He's there for like a couple of big, big, big promoted matches, and then he's out. You know, Jericho's in that part of his career where he can do whatever the hell he damn well wants. He's got that Fozzie money now too. He's got the Fozzie money now, and at a certain point, he and Vince are on good enough terms where if he feels because initially he was like, I don't want to step on Vince's toes. Something happened somewhere where he he's now going, man, I don't give a crap. I don't give a crap about Vince's toes. So either he and Vince had a talk where he said, hey, Vince, sorry for whatever I'm going to do, or Vince pissed him off or something happened where now Jericho just does not give a crap. And yeah, I could absolutely see him being a big part of whatever's going on, this kind of indie, indie wrestling revolution. Yeah. 
Uh, Jericho, to me, is one of those that could go start his own promotion if he wanted to and pull it off. But you know what? I, th- but I, uh, I, I, I Hang on. Yeah, yeah. But don't, I don't want him to. Right. <laughs> he's, he's another Cody that is ambitious that could go out there and pull it off. He's already doing the Jericho cruise and getting talent to come out there and do matches for that. Some, some argue, big, big names are going to do that thing, too, on just a cruise to the Bahamas. What's to say that he couldn't book something in Dallas, Texas? And have this huge, huge event in the middle of Texas. See, I, th- I think the cruise is the closest thing he'll ever do to having a promotion. The cruise, if you think about it, is kind of like a floating all-in in some ways, yeah, the way that he's done it. It's a, it's a convention meets all-in. And it's outside the U.S., right. I guess, technically, right? Technically. But the point is, is I think that's the closest thing that he's going to do to it. He's not going to start his own promotion. No, you know? but will, he, I'm saying Will he, he join with Billy Corgan and work with the NWA at all? Who knows? Like, There's a lot of places he could go and work. Impact. You know, They already have a lot of the structure there, but they're struggling to find their feet again, and they really are trying to build that back up. Could he go there and help them build? Yeah, that's more in his wheelhouse as opposed to actually starting something from scratch. Yeah. Uh, second question here from Ryan, or a side note. Uh, how would you rate that first slap from Cian Almas <laughs> that he gave to Daniel Bryan on SmackDown? Good God, that was hard. Ooh. You could see Bryan flex and get ready for it. He loves working stiff. He does love working yes, stiff. Yes, he does. That's absolutely his style. I mean, I, that's another thing about this match is I don't think that... I, I've got to research this. I don't think American Dragon... Brian Danielson and La Sombra ever had a match that I can remember off the top of my head. I don't think It so. was a really good slap. How do I rate it? I mean, you look at the greatest slap artists of all time. It was pretty good. I mean, you and I have seen Walter live. He's probably the, the greatest chopper and slapper and paintbrusher I've seen live that I can recall. Like, it's absolutely, it's, it is stomach turning how nasty his slaps are. As far as like where I read, this was a really good slap. But, you know, go look at uh, Grand Metalik and TJP in the, in the finals of the CWC where, where TJP missed a, a catch on Grand Metalik and Grand Metalik gave him the receipt all upside his chest. And it was hamburger. Look at Roderick Strong and Daniel Bryan in the Greatest Royal Rumble. Or go crazy. Go look at Naomichi, Naomichi Matafuji, right, in no, Pro Wrestling Noah. That guy's got one of the hardest slaps in pro wrestling. Just go on YouTube, search Naomichi Matafuji Chop. Or, or Gato, you know, just anything like that. Yeah. Look him up. He's got insane chops. Um, Hiromu Takahashi has got some insane chops in New Japan right now. Uh, Kenta Kobashi, one of the greatest choppers of all time. Chris Benoit, if you remember his backhand chops were just spine tingling. Brian Pillman had a really good ones. We have to, I've got to mention Big Show. I remember uh, Big Show. Oh, the, doing, bit, the big palm? The big palm. I remember him oh. doing one on, on young little Drew, like pre-beard Drew McIntyre on SmackDown. <laughs> I remember Big Show putting him back on the on the turnbuckle and just destroying him, like slapping his soul out of his chest with his palm. <laughs> Which, of course, you know, you've got to call back to Andre because that was Andre's thing. Is he had those big, he'd lean you back and just paintbrush you. He just, you know, paintbrush you right through the floor. God. So yeah, I can't no, imagine was, taking one. of This those. was a really good. It was a really good chop, but it did remind me of a lot of other really good choppers. And man, I do love a good chop. Yep. Woo! Oh, oh, I love it. Woo! Indeed. Uh, final listener question here from Bebosh. Uh, what has been your favorite storyline of this Roman era that has hit all the feel spots? Ooh. Uh, hang you, on. Are we talking uh, about Roman storylines? That's ooh. Are we talking about storylines during uh, in, the Roman during, era? Like the last four years. I'm gonna I'm gonna lean on. Let's say it's Roman storylines. Oh, do we have to? 
Because uh, let's do both. Let's on? just do okay. both. Why not? Uh, for me, for Roman, it's got to be the the Braun Strowman feud from last year. That had all but, your fuels, huh? Uh, yeah, because it, it was it was all the things I like. It was flipping over shit. It was two big hosses beating the hell out of each other. There were vehicles involved. All it hit all the things for me, especially that uh, they had an ambulance match, and I think it was. Uh, a last man standing match, if I remember. And then they even went as so far as everybody else got involved and they put Braun Strowman in a garbage truck and turned the thing on and then drove it out. So all I know that's more about Braun Strowman than Roman, but I think yeah, that's, that's the best thing that Roman... <laughs> I honestly think that's it the best feud. It speaks more to your love of Braun Strowman than it's, it does about Roman. <laughs> but it is. But it's not. Okay. I think that's the best feud that Roman's had. Going back, if you listen to our... Um, Roman special. One of the things that we brought up was uh, the shield. You got to call back to the shield and the triple power bomb the, into the yeah. announce table. The breakup Anything. of the shield uh, and the breakup. Yeah. yeah, that's probably from a storyline around Roman during his era. That's probably that breakup with Seth Rollins and leading to the the cash in ultimately yeah. on him. That's probably the best storyline surrounding him. Yeah, in my I, opinion. It's really hard for me because nothing, there's no Roman storyline that hit all my feels. I can't, I can't even look at the Braun Strowman one. I was so frustrated with the fact that they had Roman Reigns attempt murder on somebody and it was never dealt with in any significant, serious way. Even, even, even your Braun doll yeah, doesn't like he's, this. He's uncomfortable. He's bailing out. He's done. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he didn't like that I didn't like his angle. Right. But uh, no, that didn't that didn't work for me. The breakup of the shield, you know, was I, I wasn't looking at the emotion of it. Like after the initial couple of episodes, it was all about oh god, how are they going to make Roman into the next big thing? And because you knew that was gonna, what was going to happen, uh, and then it got really awkward. Uh, I, there was a brief moment that I liked his feud with Triple H, uh, you know, in like November of that year, before they had the Triple H WrestleMania match. Um, and it was working for a couple of weeks, but there was, there is no Roman Reigns angle that I can say hit all of my like that was my favorite story. Like, what about storylines around Roman Reigns? Daniel Bryan, Daniel Bryan's comeback. Oh, had, sure, it's easily oh, yeah. easily is the one that like if I had to think back the last four years, the storyline that absolutely got me the most invested and the most emotional, like really emotional, like actually got genuine emotions out of me. It was the the possibility that Daniel Bryan could come back. That the fact that he was he had his wrestling taken from him, he had his joy taken from him, and he had to just sit there on SmackDown as the GM and just grit his teeth while everyone else was having all the fun, and he couldn't do the thing that he lives for. And then to watch him fight, 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 and get it back, and it wasn't even a storyline. It was like that was that was real that they made into a storyline. And it worked. That was that's absolutely the most invested I've been in anything. Wow. Period. Well, thanks guys for the questions. Again, if you guys want to get involved every single week, head over to patreon.com slash BWO, sign up for that five dollar tier or any of the other tiers that also include that five dollar tier. But Ian, we gotta wrap things up here really quickly, but we've got some other news lightning, lightning round. round that we've got to uh, rattle off real lightning quick. Lightning round. So I will throw it over to you, sir. All and right. So Ring of Honor TV was taping this week. Cody and the Bucks just won the six-man tag belt. So they are the trio's champs of Ring of Honor right now, which is interesting consider we're coming up on All In. They're not going to be together at that show, but they will be having the Ring of Honor tag belts. Death Before, Death Before Dishonor, as we said, coming up September 28th from Ring of Honor. September is going to be an insane month. Uh, we mentioned earlier in the show, Neville has been added to the alumni page. He could be coming to All In. 
The PWI Top 500 Wrestlers is out. Uh, it's if you don't know PWI, there's like the there's like the two lists of the top wrestlers in the world. It's PWI, and then there's Wrestling Observer, Pro right? Wrestling Insider, is what you're yeah, saying. Pro yeah. Wrestling Insider. Insider. They tend to be a little bit more like mostly kayfabe, you know, like who's had the biggest year in kayfabe, but then also you know who's made the biggest impact in storylines. Whereas Wrestling Observer is just cold hard who is the best wrestler who's the best technical worker in the ring well we don't have time to do all 500 can you rattle off the top 10 for us i quick? can indeed uh holding steady at the same position as last year in the 10th position Miz. uh number nine coming up from last year at 12 uh tetsuya naito uh number eight jumping all the way up from 33 last year and i think very deservedly so uh, Cody Rhodes. This is an interesting one where they kind of break the whole kayfabe thing because he was such a mover and shaker in the wrestling world yeah. as a whole. He absolutely deserves to be in the top 10 of any like wrestling list this year because of everything he's been doing. Uh, dropping down three spaces from last year. Last year was number four. This year, number seven, Roman Reigns down a little bit this year, which is interesting to me. Uh, up from 34 last year to number six this year, your boy, yeah. Braun Strowman. Uh, number five up for number 16 last year. And I think this makes sense because of what an incredible babyface year he's had. Seth Rollins. Yeah. Strangely at number four, uh, coming up from number 25 last year, Brock Lesnar for a guy who wrestled like two matches this year. That's a, that's kind of three. incredible. Uh, three, obviously facetious. Yeah, okay. Right. Two and a half. Can we compromise? Sure. Uh, if you, if you count total minutes worked, but uh, yeah, Brock Lesnar at number four. I guess that's just because he was the dominant universal champion all year and he held it for an incredible amount of time. Yeah, got the record. Number three dropping down from number one, largely because he lost the uh, the heavyweight belt and is because has lost his mind in the process. He's become uh, Kazuchika Okada. Now I, I'm calling Kazuchika Kokada because he's just looks like he's always high. Um, <laughs> number two, holding steady from last year, AJ Styles. Yes. And number one, up from number five last year, the very deserving new IWGP heavyweight champion, Kenny Omega. Nice. Uh, Tony Storm might be hurt. Might be. She is hurt. She's injured. Well, we she had some news came out today that it might not be as bad as we thought it was. So I, I'm, I'm hearing differing levels of how bad does it suck well let's put it this way she had to vacate the wxw title the the german wrestling title right. she's off the tour with them and with progress they don't know exactly what the injury is the diagnosis is uncertain uh she was injured in a woman's in, in, so they had the uk um they started up the uk division for nxt nxt uk mm -hmm. uh there was a title match between her and someone else who i won't say because of spoilers but she was injured in that match, and actually, when you watch that match, the outcome is because of a legit injury. Gotcha. Um, and there's also very, very big May Young spoil spoilers because all of that's been done except for the finals, and Tony Storm was involved in that as well. Big spoilers for that. Don't want to give it away right now, but there is some possible stuff with the May Young classic that may because she's now officially signed with the WWE. So there may be some ramifications with that. Gotcha. And thank you for masking that so I can't see the spoilers. You're very welcome. <clears throat> uh, OG NWO reuniting in Orlando, Florida at Mango's Tropical Cafe on October 27th. Yeah. What? <laughs> so basically, 
It's a uh, uh, these boys need some money. Hey, yo. These boys need some money. Nash, uh, <laughs> Hall, and Hogan. Guess he's tired of doing DDP yoga. Are are gonna get together at uh, Mango's Tropical Cafe. Uh, you can you can go onto Hulk Hogan's website and bid on tickets. They are not flat rate. They are you bid on them. The one hundred the one hundred highest bidders will get priority seating and uh, pictures with the boys. So if you live in Florida or are nearby to Florida and really have a hard on for the original OG NWO, you can go down there and check out that show. I mean, show. I love me some Too Scott sweet. Hall and Kevin Nash. I don't know if I'm going to go to Orlando to Mango's Tropical Cafe. <laughs> All of a sudden, I really feel like some Hawaiian food. I don't know why. Oh, God. Um, so last, uh, let's see. Uh, almost lastly, second to lastly, Super Showdown. We have a bunch of confirmed, aka promoted matches. Now, obviously, card subject to change. Yes. But these are the matches they are currently promoting as being at Super Showdown. WWE has been breaking their promotions recently, basically promoting a match and then saying the match isn't happening, which is really bad business. But at the same time, it's how you promote a damn show. How yeah. is you going to get people there? So take these matches with a grain of salt. Obviously, they could change before uh, this actually this show actually goes down. But they are promoting a WWE Championship match between AJ Styles and Samoa Joe. Even though they haven't fought at Hell in a Cell, we have no idea who will be the champion at the time. Uh, Daniel Bryan versus The Miz. Uh, winner will become number one contender to the WWE Championship. Okay. Yummy. That has my attention. Yummy. Uh, Triple H versus Undertaker, obviously. And uh, it, I might be Shawn Michaels as special guest referee. Uh, that is no, being hinted. Oh, really? He's supposed to come out next week on Raw and give an announcement. It uh -oh. may be that he's announcing he's going to be the ref. Oh, boy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you want to add that extra little pinch of nostalgia to it, yeah. that would do it. Uh, as I said earlier in the show, The Shield versus Braun Strowman, Dolph Ziggler, and Drew McIntyre. Uh, is being advertised for the show. Ronda Rousey and the Bella Twins versus the Riot, Riot Squad. Uh, obviously, they're promoting this to say, to show that Ronda and the Bella, Bellas would still be on the same page. So who knows what that means for the rumored Ronda Rousey and Bree, uh, excuse me, uh, Nikki Bella match at Evolution. I, I love me some Ruby Riot. What in the world is the Riot Squad doing in this match? Uh, filling a role. And frankly, it should be... It sh you know, they can out-wrestle okay. the Bella Twins, at least. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, and then finally, John Cena and Bobby Lashley versus Kevin Owens and Elias. But mm. Kevin Owens just quit. Yeah, so hard to promote that. This seems no! like... But it, this is... What a bizarre match this is. This is the one that I'm like, they're changing this match. This what? is this is not going to stand. Uh, other, one, it's a huge mismatch. It's a huge mismatch. And and I would two, love, I would enjoy seeing Bobby Lashley versus Elias. I'll admit that I'd like to see no, that. I, no, what? no, we just were saying how we're sick of that feud. Lashley versus Cena, that I would watch. See, have you seen Cena lately? He's jacked. Well, yeah, he's got veins popping out of his skin. Woo. So I I agree. He's I would get, I would be all over Cena versus Lashley because that's some throwback shit too. Yeah, um, to late two thousands, but. I yeah I, I wouldn't be mad at Elias and Lashley continuing the, to have. A, I, I, this, I don't want him to sing anymore. Don't do the same bullshit gimmick. But no, don't have Lashley those two sing. Can Never have Lashley sing again. But this, this is the this is the one match I'm looking at and going, okay, they're just throwing that out there. This is not legit. Yeah. Um. And then finally, just announced this morning, I was saying we had more two of five live news. Buddy Murphy, hometown boy from Australia, mind you, versus Cedric Alexander for the cruiserweight championship. So here's that, where it go down goes down. Yeah, it's actually not a bad card if, as no. you look at it right here. It's not bad at all. 
Um, and then finally, in our news and notes segment, finally, right now, May Young Classics Bracketology episode just went live. If you want to know more about the women that are in the May Young Classic, who's facing who, that is live right now. The May Young Classic does start next Wednesday after NXT. And uh, be careful. If you go on Wikipedia, they already show the outcomes to all the matches. So stay away from the May Young Classic Wikipedia page. Just stay off the internets for the next week. Stay away from the internets. But uh, but yeah, that's uh, that is our news. Yes. Well, guys, that's our show for this week. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. We had a lot of new members over the last couple of weeks come and join us in the Facebook discussion group. Love that. Please keep telling all your friends and inviting all your wrestling pals to come and hang out with us in what we think is one of the best groups for wrestling. Really, uh, on yeah, Facebook for really sure. fantastic uh, group of people in there. Yes. And I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. Um, so thank you to everyone who's listening to the show. Thank you to everyone, everyone who's submitting questions to the show. Yes. Thank you everyone in our live chat right now. We do do a live chat during the live taping of our show every week at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, uh, except for today. We were two hours early, but we're not going to make a, 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 a thing out of that. Right. Also, you can come over, uh, so definitely come join the Facebook group. Also, uh, follow us on Twitter at BWO Podcast. Uh, you can subscribe to the YouTube channel. Make sure you click the little bell icon right next to it so that you get notifications whenever we post new videos or we go live, uh, as Ian just said, every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific. Uh, if you want to support the show and further efforts, uh, as I was saying earlier, you can get in on Patreon at patreon.com slash BWO. Uh, we've got a bunch of different tiers from $5 to $100 with all kinds of great rewards that you can sign up for over there, including copies of the show notes, asking listener questions, special swag. monthly bonus episodes. Sweet we've got some swag. swag and merch and all kinds of good stuff over there. So definitely come and check that out. There was a great question asked on the live chat earlier. When you go on your vacation in two weeks, Nick, to the tropic islands or wherever yes. the heck you're going, will you wear a BWO Speedo? Ooh. I tell you what. If we get 10 more patrons in the next two weeks, regardless of whatever tier, if we get 10 more people on Patreon, I will have a BWO Speedo made and a picture from Turks <laughs> and Caicos. We'll go up in the Busted Wide Open I, discussion. But I want on people Facebook. to join up. Yes. Oh. <laughs> I want people to join up. Oh, so I don't want to run people away from... <laughs> I don't want to scare people off. I, th- I think only Jared wants to see you in a BWO Speedo. Of, of course he does. That's that's because that, he lives in the middle of nowhere, Alabama. But that's, that's, all, he, that's all he's that's, got. That's pure entertainment. That's all he's right? got is you in a Speedo. Right. Oh. Love you, Jared. Well, guys, that's it for this week. Uh, we will be back next week uh, with some more updates on the May Young Classic first round information, at yeah, least, and much, much in. more recap of all in as we lead more further down the road towards Hell in a Cell, Raw, Evolution, SmackDown, all NXT, 205 Live, a preview of New Japan's Destruction Series. Yes. we got a lot of stuff coming next week as well. Uh, but uh, make sure, yeah, make sure you like and subscribe your podcast app of choice. Share us around. Give us to your friends. And uh, let's build this community because I'm loving everyone I'm seeing so far. And I I can only imagine this is just going to get better as it grows. Yes, it will. But I'm Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Nick Podcast. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But by God! Would somebody stop the damn match? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.